What is happening, my friend? Oh my god, we're back. Where'd we go? Uh, into the ether for a little <laughs> while. Well, that's a good place for us to go. You know, before we get too far down the road on our on our uh, current episode, I'd like to personally thank our guest uh, from our last March 1st um, episode, uh, President Joe Biden. He uh, he made several appearances on the show, and uh, his input was invaluable to our discussion <laughs> Of Ukraine, not the Ukraine. What? Did, how did he, did we uh, pull his audio up? I don't even remember. He was here in the room with us. How oh yes. You, how could you forget? I'm suffering from the same condition that Joe Biden has. They I can't will, remember anything. They wheeled him in, in a wheelchair, and, <laughs> and we got his thoughts on the Ukraine. He's oh, not, the, that's not the only one. The Ukraine. Yeah. Yeah. I know. No. Uh, he. We did. Uh, um, we did. Uh, bring his audio up from uh, his uh, one of his initial speeches about uh, Ukraine. That's right. I remember. Yeah. yeah. So that was uh, that aired actually that aired on March first, but we recorded that a little prior to the beginning of March, so it was just happening. Well, and, there's a lot happening in the world, uh, as you say, the war in uh, the Ukraine. Yeah, that's uh, uh, that's still going. So. Climate change, mass shootings, January sixth uh, commission. I well, mean, I mean, let's, let's talk for a minute about one of your favorite things. Yeah. Uh, so there's some kind of gun compromise going on in the Senate. I think that's a CYA for both sides of the. Of I the think aisle. so. Yeah. What What are your thoughts on that? You know, I've, and I've said before, this gun control thing's not a huge issue for me because I don't care what they do; it's not gonna it's not gonna really make that much difference. But I mean, you were always a guy that thought something should be done. There should changes should be made. Well, I'm not sure 18 year olds should be able to buy you know assault weapons. So, I mean, there's some common sense things. But yeah. I'm not looking to take anybody's guns or anything like that. But of course. Some of your people are. uh, I don't know anybody that wants to do that that's of any consequence. Well, some of the leadership in the Democratic Party want to do that. Well, I mean, I I don't even know if that's the case, right? No, they are. I've never heard anybody. Uh, Beto is one. uh, Who? Who? Beto. Beto O'Rourke. He's not even in the government. He was. He's unemployed. He's he's trying to get back in. You think this guy (laughs) has... He's not going to beat Abbott. You don't think so? No. I'm pretty sure Newsom does, too. He wants to take away guns. Well... He's a big nothing. So he's only the governor of California. It's, you can't hardly dismiss him as he's still the governor. I so. yeah, I know he's not running for president. Yet. I understand, but he's in a position to influence and to guide right, right. the uh, the blind of well, the Democrats. Well, what do you think? Why do you think any Republicans at all would get on board with some kind of watered down gun control? Bill? Dare I say it? I think uh, McConaughey did a good job. <laughs> did you see his press conference? I did. I did. Hey, something I didn't. Uh, I didn't see all of it, but I read some of it. But the part that I saw, which made a lot of sense to me, was he said something to the effect of, "We're more aligned on this issue than we're not." Yeah. In other words, Republicans and Democrats, we agree more than we disagree on the fundamentals of what needs to be done. And I think he's right. Yeah, I, I didn't disagree with anything he said. I mean, he kind of brought a. Kind of a like, hey, here's the common sense, every man view on this that you're not hearing from either side of the political because it's just hyperboil on either side. You know, uh, the Dems want to take your guns away. The 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 right wants to scare you into thinking the Dems want to take your guns away. And neither one are true. It's not like that. They just want to make some common sense changes to, to, to I mean, everybody understands that that's a non-starter. I mean. This country is never going to give up. They have more guns than people. I know. It's like 400 million, I yeah, think I read. So by about 50 million times. And, and sadly, and I don't, maybe this would be, a, you know, I'm sure that some psychologists have, have studied this, but sadly, after events like the one that happened in Uvalde, Ugh. there are more gun purchases. Like these things drive up the gun sales. Right, 
Right. Because people are fearful. And that Uvalde thing is, uh, again, Texas. So Texas is starting to be like Florida to me. It's like if it's, it, you know, depending on how far-fetched and ridiculous the situation is, the more out there it is, the more chances happening in Florida or Texas. So, you know, well, you know what's interesting about that? And, you know, Florida and Texas get a lot of shit from the left. But I believe Florida has previously raised the uh, rifle purchase age to 21. Yeah. I think they did that a year or two ago. Do they want a medal or a chest to pin it on? I mean, <laughs> come on. But here's the irony of it. And this is, I got a lot of thoughts on this. Yeah. There's been a lot of talk and debate, as you say, about gun control. To my knowledge, most of the core, you know, the fundamental pieces of the package that everybody agrees on are things that we're already doing here in California. Yeah, probably. Um, but there's everything be, you can think of. There's about to be a Supreme Court decision that may nullify I know. whatever the hell they're doing. Well, right? that one is what? On uh, on high-capacity magazines, I think. Uh, it's, no, it's the if, the... if the Supreme Court finds in favor of the of the gun side of this issue for for whatever they're on, it's going to allow concealed weapon carry in almost every situation. Maybe there might be a couple carve-outs, like maybe, uh, what did they say? Like, um, shit. Uh, like at a, at a... At a baby shower? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I mean, it would be firstly where, you know, everybody... On, oh, for maybe like public transportation, yeah. right? But, but other than that, in every movie, every supermarket, every store you go into, every public place people will be able to go around with concealed weapons that, you know, is now is illegal, especially in New York. Well, yeah, there's a couple of cases I'm aware of, yeah. but I can't ever keep them straight. Is it like the Ninth Circuit? Is it the Supreme yeah. Court? But yes, there's a, there's a New York one. This was fucking ridiculous, and it should be challenged and overruled, but there was something like if you legally owned not even, you know, an assault rifle, but a, a pistol in New York – you couldn't put it in your car and drive it to the shooting range to shoot it unless you had a concealed carry permit or some permit mm -hmm. that I don't know if it was the state of New York or the city of Manhattan. I'm not sure, mm -hmm. but it was one of those stupid things that it's like, wait a minute, I have a constitutional quote unquote right to own this thing, yet I can't ever leave it at my house with it. You're right. So, you know, the, the argument was, well, you own it. So your right is protected. Was that just in New York? I believe that was just New York. So what? What in California? If you have a, if you legally, if you have a legal gun that you own legally, whatever that means, then you can put it in your trunk and drive it to the range. Yeah, there are there are laws that specify. For example, the gun has to be in a locked case, separate from the driver's compartment, and uh, and separate from the ammunition. So the the thought of a gun owner in California, or I guess New York, carrying a weapon for self-defense is is really not legally possible well, from this law yeah. yeah well i mean i mean even in california right it's it's like if well that to, that it, therein lies the issue because the really what this is extended into is okay i if you believe you have a constitutional right to own a firearm for self-protection the argument from the gun groups is it, that should extend to self-protection beyond my home because I don't spend 24 hours a day in my home. So when right. I leave my house, don't I have the same constitutional right to defend myself? Right, that's the problem. That's the problem. Yeah. And and they're saying, well, if you're if you're taking away my right to take my firearm with me, then I don't have that or, anymore. Or I have to take it with me in a way that I can't possibly use it for self-defense. Yes. If a revolution breaks out and I have time to get to my car, <laughs> unlock my yeah. trunk, unlock my gun, load my gun... You know, then maybe which, which, by the way, is exactly what it is in California. But people accept it 
largely because you're going to lose anyway, because this is a, the state's been taken over by activists. But also, it's still not illegal. I can still transport my firearm in the way that I described here in California. But in New York, you couldn't even do that. Okay, so that that was the issue. That was a new law or a new regulation that went into effect and got challenged yes. all the way up to the Supreme Court. And I don't. It's supposed to be overturned, but I don't think it has been yet. Well, and in California. There's another one about, I think it's high capacity magazines, which for as long as I can remember, it's been limited to 10 rounds in a magazine, whether it's a pistol or well, if you're gonna shoot a, down more a rocket. Than, if you're going to shoot, shoot down more than 10 kids in their classroom, I guess you know, they want that to be illegal. The first 10, it's a pass, right? Man, it's like, that's one of those things, too, that obviously if any mass shooting is terrible, but when it comes to kids... Maybe it's because I have young kids. That's mm-hmm. the one that to me is like, that. that's at another level. Right. It's fucking terrible. But, I mean, nothing's going to stop that, right? Well, so that not that really the question? If nothing's going to stop it, what are all these gun laws, these compromises really doing? That's a good question, which is the one I've been saying all along. I don't. Uh, it's why it's not a big issue to me. I don't see. I don't see any clear answer. I mean, I have no problem with any kind of common sense registration or anything that helps you trace. I don't either. Trace, you know, uh, responsibility after the fact. Me too. You know, and so things like ghost guns. Of course, that should, you know, on the face. Which of it, is it's so dumb. Right? That was one of Biden's first, you know, stroke of a pen oh. executive order. I'm taking action on gun control. Ghost guns. And I'm and I'm not allowing ghost guns. You know how many mass murders there have been with ghost guns? Yeah, how many? None. I'm pretty sure none. Right, but and, and that's not where the ghost guns are. They're being used in really, you know, crime, right? I mean, so, yeah, mass shootings are happening with long guns and, you know. Yeah, most of them are. Semi-military, you know, semi-automatic AR-15 knockoffs and whatever the hell is out there. But here's an interesting point, and I don't want to sound like a defeatist here, but I'm pretty sure all of the gun control requests and the compromise that is going to happen finally mm-hmm. in, in the U.S., uh, in the Senate side, I'm pretty sure all that stuff we already have in California, such as, you know, the age to purchase a rifle is 21. Is it in California? I think so. Because oh, okay. didn't we raise tobacco too? Isn't tobacco 21? Uh, I believe that it is. I think so too. And all the shit, you know, from your era, you know, or back in the in the Vietnam days, you know, didn't we? When I was six, <laughs> didn't we in this country for a period of time uh, lower the alcohol age to eighteen? And, and wasn't that Vietnam era time because soldiers were saying, "Hey, if I'm if I'm uh, old enough to go fight and die, I should be able to drink." And I think the alcohol. I don't remember it ever being at eighteen in, in California, at least. Uh, I know it is maybe in some parts of the country. Um, I know I had to go to Mexico to drink at eighteen or or uh, Arizona. I went to Arizona and drank at 18, but, but, uh, um, and it was an hour earlier. So it was five o'clock sooner. Right. So you could go there and <laughs> right. drink. Well, we went to the river, right. And so we were on the Arizona side in some campsite and we went out the first day and sunburned the holy crap out of ourselves on inner tubes going down the river. So the next day would have been suicide to expose ourselves to the sun. So there was a store in the campground that had a pool table in the back of the jukebox. So, Pretty much the next couple of days we were there. That's all we did was drink beer, imported beer at this store for an exorbitant price, and play pool and listen to Leonard Skinner. Yeah, that's times. like the greatest summer ever, right? right. On the well, inner tubes. Yeah, it was just a weekend. Drink beer all day, piss yourself in the river. Uh, everybody. So we had this campsite, and we went down in a couple of vehicles. Most of us went in a van, but there was no actual. A camping. van down by the river. Down, down by the river. There was actually no camping gear. I mean, we were 
kids, right? And so we were You're hippies sleeping in yeah, the tree houses. Treat and ourselves shit. to into a coma and wake up out in the open. <laughs> Feeling the campsite. great the next day. Yeah, I remember waking up, looking around, all my friends are you know, there's like six of us here, and everybody's just. There was a couple girls too, and and so that was like the big allure. Like, oh, somebody's going to get drunk and get loose, <laughs> and uh, that never happened. But we all did get plastered and ended up passed out wherever we were sitting the night before. Oh yeah, I remember uh, he was over there. Oh yeah, there's Tim. He's down, face down, <laughs> dirt. <laughs> Meanwhile, no one ever yeah. goes to help Tim. No, uh, can he breathe? <laughs> well, what difference is? <laughs> you alive, dude? Yeah. So that was fun. Uh, but you know, here's what I was going to say about oh. this gun shit. You doing all right? Yeah. Is if you take what I am pretty sure, you know, the what's the laws of the land here in California, you, you apply it to the rest of the nation like they're finally talking about doing. Most of it I support and the common sense stuff makes sense, but we still have had mass shootings in California. And so those I guess we shouldn't kid ourselves that those changes will prevent or stop like what you just said. Well. Because we still have that here. I'm too cynical to agree with your your uh, reason. You think why any Republicans are on board after this such a long time of? Why do you think they're on board? Well, there's only one reason. They don't because they think they are going to lose the grasp of the midterms that's in their reach. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Could they don't be. they don't want this to be an emotional political wedge that ends up biting them in the ass, right? I mean, I don't know how many more times you got to knock out 19 children at a clip. Right? How many more times that has to happen before the election to, to, to really get on the wrong side of this issue? So, well, that's the other thing that McConaughey said, which I agreed with, and he 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 opened his uh, speech, I guess, if this was the opening. He said something about how do we make this tragedy? How do we make the loss of these lives matter? matter. Yeah. And one way to do that is to finally make change. And uh, if that's the catalyst, or even if it's for own, their own self-preservation, that the Republicans in the Senate will do this, then so be it. You know, since Uvalde, there's been like 30 mass shootings. No way. Yeah, they, anything over three people is a mass shooting. Don't you think we should revise that number? Well, I, What do you think should a mass shooting should well, be? Well, I mean, listen, I don't think that uh, one person getting shot by another, you know, as a result of an argument or a crime or something should be considered a mass shooting, but... I mean, when you're taking out three people, you know, that's, you know. Does somebody, that include uh, gang violence? Oh, I think it includes anything. I think any any shooting that results in death of more than three people is put into the mass shooting pile. So you have a lot of situations. Well, I'm asking you, what do you think? Is three the number? I think that is hard to, I think, it, you know, I mean, at f- besides the fact that it's kind of irrelevant, who cares what the definition of I mass know. shooting I know, just having is, fun but, with you. Yeah, but I think that uh, probably you leave it at that because, I think the other kind of shootings are, are a different kind of problem. I mean, here, I think mass shootings are usually the roles of some kind of mental breakdown, some kind of, you know, some kind. I mean, here's the thing you're hearing a lot of now. Right now, at some school somewhere, there's a potential mass murderer being bullied and picked on by his friends. Is that what it is? Yeah, that's what they're saying a lot of it is. But here's the number. Mental illness only takes place apart in mass shootings less than 10% of the time. So that's a statistic that came out directly after Uvalde. And it's it's because that's the one thing that's the that's the big reason that uh, people on the right blame for the fact that mass shootings continue. Well, it's not a gun thing. It's not because there are assault weapons or or anything like that. It's because there's a lot of untreated mental illness and we need to do a better job of, you know, identifying it and, and treating it before they turn into mass shooters. Do you disagree with that? Well, I mean, you know. I mean, it, what, what's ten percent of nineteen? Yeah, but think of right? it this way: if you one point nine, if you have the 
the desire that translates into action to go and kill 19 people or three people or one person, don't you think there's that in and of itself is mental illness? Maybe it's not diagnosed, but, but fuck, I mean, there's, there's something that you're missing there. I don't know if it's a bone or a, a wire or I something. Get, I get that definition. I mean, you can extend that to any kind of crime almost. Yeah. Right? Anybody that commits a crime, anybody that, that commits a robbery, you know, has some kind of mental illness. Right. Because anybody that's sane know, knows that that's the wrong decision. But I think that the actual definitions for mental illness are a little more common. I agree with you. Yeah. I'm just saying that at the end, of, you know, so I, how do you identify it? Could you diagnose well, I think it? People, people that know. People that know right from wrong and decide that's to do, I love when you say that and decide to do wrong that's not mental illness that's 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 a decision and you just need to take responsibility. What is it? Because you you frame that nicely over the uh, the years of this show uh-huh. and you know you say does it, it's just a matter of understanding right and wrong and and even a young child understands that. So what is the thing that pushes you to act on the wrong? Well, when when you don't look at a situation and say I'm going to do the wrong thing, you look at a situation and you look at the wrong thing and you think it's right. That's that's when you're that's when it's mental. Well, illness. There's something's wrong there. Something is, or is wrong. It, I don't know who's on first. Is well, that? Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, the thing that's wrong there is mental illness, right? When a when a guy robs somebody and decides to shoot the guy because he doesn't want to be identified, that's not mental illness. That's that's a decision. I'm going to eliminate this witness to my crime. That's your. Uh, that's is your, that narcissism? Yes, narcissistic self preservation. Is, is that? Uh, is that a definition of mental illness? Well, narcissism, malignant narcissism, such as President Trump, as his. his, (laughs) Yeah, we got to get into that too. His diagnosis. So you know, the other thing you mentioned statistics, but the other thing I read, and I don't, I read it from two sources. I didn't read the actual article, but something like eighty percent of the mass shootings had eighty percent of the mass shooters had one thing in common, and it was it was identified as a hatred of women. And even this Uvalde kid, didn't he kill his grandmother or attempt to kill her right before he went to the school? He killed her. Right. So I would say- Stole her truck and drove it into a ditch. Yeah. Which, I don't know what that said. I mean, wouldn't it have been more efficient to drive the truck to the school than drive it into a ditch, get out and run? I guess. But isn't that interesting that, you know, this? if that's what's happening here, a hatred of women, I mean, is that- I think all the mass shootings like this in that that category are- or mental illness. I mean, the guy in Las Vegas out of the that shot into the festival. In the yeah, yeah. Of, of, what was that? Uh, whatever the hell that was. It was right? a music festival, yeah. and he got uh, man. There was how many victims there? Yeah, like 30, 50, 50 yeah, something like that. Something like that, and just over and over again. I mean, so many. I mean, so many screwball, screwed up white kids. You know. I like to. I think it's video games. No, I've said this before. I've no, I, I don't have any research on it. I've never heard anybody say anything. Uh-huh. What do you think? It's not Call of Duty. Video games. Yeah, I played something called. Uh, uh, I played a video game over the weekend with my nephew. Um, it's called. Oh shit! I can't remember the name. <laughs> Who won? Oh, he won. <laughs> I wasn't playing against him. We were on the same team. That's good. One of the characters leads the the strategy of the game. The other one is kind of a, just kind of support. So he gave me the controller. He goes, Oh, uncle Mike, you be number one. <laughs> and, uh, and I didn't know what to do. I hadn't touched a game controller in five years. So what I'm console like, was it? Uh, I don't know. Some, Xbox, PlayStation, nah, it's a computer it's a switch or something. Switch. Yeah. Well, it shows you what I know. Some weird shit. We hooked it up to my 65 inch television screen. So it was pretty awesome. But, uh, 
I mean, all we did was kill stuff. I mean, my seven-year-old is sitting there going, kill, 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 <laughs> kill, kill, kill. <laughs> Look at his mom going, really? Are you not, uh, you know, contributing to the delinquency of a minor? Look, I was just happy that he was talking to me. Hey, Uncle Mike, you want to play this video game with me? Fuck yeah. If you anything you're still interested in doing with me, Uncle Mike's now with me. Did you have fun killing shit? Um, he did all the killing. What but were you guys killing? Like aliens or people? So, uh, uh, a, not aliens, but uh, monsters in a fantasy land. Is so. it better if you're killing monsters than instead? I don't of- know. I, I've watched. So I watched. Uh, there's a season of a show based on Halo available on one of the streaming services. So you know what Halo? Is, yeah, right? I, yeah, I know the game. So I used to play Halo on Xbox with with uh, Brian, and uh, oh, uh, um, so I was really. I watched the whole show. Right, it just makes me want to play Halo. <laughs> Did you ever play it? On Xbox a long time ago, but uh, I never. Then I moved on to PlayStation. I thought PlayStation was better, so Halo was back then was not available on PlayStation. Is it now? I think so. I think they made an agreement finally. Yeah, it's it like out. Apple and Google. They got to start sharing. Yeah. and Microsoft. Yeah, so interesting. Um, but I just don't have the. I just don't know if I have the time anymore to do that. Although it's so easy to hook these things up to your big. Yeah, but TV it's now. addicting. That's the thing: is how much time these kids spend in video games. Well, I mean, when I think back to the seven hours of television I watched a day as a kid, is it any different? I don't know. Yeah, but what? how old were you when that started to taper? Like, Or how old were you when you were still watching seven hours of TV? Well, I mean, by the time I got to be a teenager, I wasn't watching TV. You were driving, anymore, right? Right. I was, you know, listening to music and stuff like that. So, yeah, that got switched out. And I went a long time and didn't even own a TV, right? So, uh, Did you like what we had on this morning when you came in? The music? Yeah. Uh, who was it? Guns N' Roses. Oh, you said that, yeah. Um, yeah, I like Guns N' Roses. Yeah, so I still listen to you know, a fair amount of music. So I got a pair of headphones that I listen to music on almost every night. Once we turn off the TV, I didn't need sound. I don't need picture. You know, I, I grew up watching TV when I went, you know. I grew up in a, my bedroom was just on the other side of the wall of the living room, and I could hear the television clearly. So, I you know. I used to listen to the TV show as I went to sleep. Then my dad got me a clock radio with a 30-minute timer on it, and I went to sleep listening to pop music on that, 93KHJ. And uh, and so, and then all my life... See, you were destined to yeah, do this. And Debbie and I, we used to watch, <laughs> leave the TV on all night long, all the time. And so, Like you'd fall asleep with it on? Yeah. Just, and just wake sleep. up? and Yeah, didn't bother me. And wake up, if I woke up in the middle of the night, I'd watch them until I fell back asleep. And so we stopped doing that like a year ago or something. And uh, because we're both, the, the light, you know, the television's big now. It's one thing when it was a 12-inch, you know, portable television. On yeah, the, now on it's the all the light you need in your yeah, entire house. Like when when something white comes on the television, like something bright, you know, it's like even if your eyes are closed, you're, you're whole, yeah. you're illuminated, right? So stop doing that. Debbie actually got a holder for her iPad that is hard to explain, but it's on a gooseneck. It sits on a heavy platform that's next to the bed. Comes up over the side of the you've, bed. I know you've described that to me before. You've it's, not seen it? Well, it's like this, and it's got a it's got a, a like iPad a, on yeah. the end of it, right? And she can position it so she can turn it so I don't see the light at all because I'm finding that now I prefer to not have any light I can see directly like that in my eyes. Preferably, the whole room is dark. There's got to be better. a better way to do that. Like I'm know. I'm I'm not an inventor, but I like to think of myself as an improver. So that thing is like a huge stand, right, on the ground, and it's then it comes up. Just one, ne- one neck. It's yeah, no but floor. what does it attach to? 
a base, a base on the ground. A weighted base. Is there not a way to like attach it to your neck or something with a like a harmonica? <laughs> Think of a harmonica. Holder. Can you put it right yeah. and have an extension? Yeah. You I know, have, arm. I have a harmonica holder. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, I you know. I, I think that she, you know, I think that her sleep is disrupted a lot by by watching too much stuff on the blue screens of these yeah. TVs and phones and stuff. So. I have these uh, these lights for reading. I do too. They but go around your neck. They go around your neck yeah. and they can twist and they yeah. hold in place. And that's much better than the glasses. Or the book light. Or the book light. Yeah. But the glasses are the ones on your head. And then, yeah. you, then you turn and look at somebody and then you, you blind them in the face with your lights. Yeah, I haven't read a book since I st- got halfway through the Obama book and then kind of haven't read anything since i have those exact lights that's the only way i'll read even if it's his next book is going to be out before you finish this book i know well but you know he's not president anymore so (laughs) (laughs) but why are you just bored with it or what i don't know just haven't had the uh you know it's been i've been having this back problem for so long that i'm starting to forget what was normal you know can you i mean is You've told me before, and I don't know how much you want to say, but can you concentrate through a book or just not interested? Not at this point. I mean, it, it's uh, – it's so for those of you that have not heard it since this problem started, right about the time we did our last podcast, I probably pinched a nerve. And so I've had a lot of pain and stuff since then, believe it or not, ever since March. And so it's June. So that's been hard to deal with. But, uh, you know, feeling better today. That's one of the reasons why we're here. Yeah, so. Take a victory whenever you can get yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. I feel good enough to do the podcast. So um, uh, that's the. Here's my advice. This is what I told everybody. We had our industry convention a couple of weeks ago, and I had my. Uh, so I'm using a walker right now to get around. There's there's a, there's a mental image for you guys, <laughs> um, and of course all the my associates and things that I know in the business. All I, they were there. They're like, oh, what's going on? And I, you know, I said, well, some back problems. I go, here's my advice to you. Die young and stay pretty. That ship has sailed for me. So a <laughs> shell for me is too late for me, but you still have a chance. So I don't mean that actually, but that's some, why you're in broadcasting. No one has to see you. <laughs> that's right. I've always said this is a face made for radio. <laughs> this is as close to radio as I think I'm ever gonna get. Yeah, radio's dying. Is it? Isn't it? I don't know. I, I mean, don't know. It's been around longer than almost all the other I mean the technology's not gonna die, but I don't think so. Do you, I mean who's listening to radio? Who's you know, watching TV? You know, that's funny because I, I uh, once I got a vehicle that had an easy access to my music files in my phone, um, and then when all the talk radio stations in L.A. just went to the far right because that's where the money was, um, there's nothing worth listening to on talk radio. I mean, I used to listen Why to is it that? all the time, right? Why can't the Democrats make money? I don't know. <laughs> why, why can't they make money in <laughs> yeah, this... You know, it was it was Rush Limbaugh that kind of started the decline of, of L.A. talk radio, and I'm sure there's similar situations. And he was syndicated. What, what do you mean the decline in L.A. talk radio? Um, uh, well, I mean, it, L.A. talk radio has really changed. I mean, for the the couple of stock, the couple of talk stations that are on, uh, three out of three are far right. Yeah. Right. And so. Oh, you're saying decline because it's been taken over by the right yeah, wing. It's, there's no. But I he mean, was he was successfully syndicated for there, many many years. He was, but there was a mix. There used to be a mix. There was a guy on LA radio that was unfortunately na- named Michael Jackson, and he had that name long before Michael Jackson had it. But he was an English guy, an expat, and, you know, American citizen, but heavy English accent, very liberal, and and there were some few others, you know, and even a local current local favorite, Ken and John, have really migrated to the far right of the spectrum in their show, always kind of were like the common sense voice somewhere in the middle between the far right and the left, whack jobs. 
Uh, but you know, they got they've gotten pretty vitriolic in the last few years, and and so I can't really listen to them either because they're just not they're not. I mean, they're they're not. They used to do what we're trying. They used to do what we're kind of trying to do here. Make it bring that other side out that's not being talked about. But they don't do that anymore. Well, you know, here's the other thing. This is the way I you know view these types of discussions and having conversations. If, and you and I both know people who are the extreme of this, but if you go into a conversation willing to listen and and with the expectation that you have an opportunity to grow by learning something, then you can have a, a good, decent conversation, and who knows what's going to come out of that. I think that's why, you know, that for whatever the number, <coughs> we don't know the exact number, but however many uh, tens of tens of listeners that we have, um, I think, you know, we've had a lot of input from people that we do know that have heard the show. And, you know, I've heard from them since we were on our hiatus that, hey, uh, we miss it, you know. And but I think the reason why it was at all popular in the beginning, even with some people that don't agree with my side of the thing, is just because they're hearing, they're just not used to hearing both sides. And they're not used to hearing anybody that might listen and say, okay, I see your point, maybe come around. Um you know, I don't know if I've changed your mind about anything, but certainly listening to some of the things you said over the, the time we were doing the podcast and all the time that we've had a chance to discuss things, you know, I've changed my opinion on a bunch of things, right? And, and realized that, like an issue like gun control, where theoretically, you know, I would just be straight down the Democratic side. It's all bad. Guns are bad. People that have guns are bad. <laughs> yeah. Right? But I, I noticed that. And I think at one time, if I before I put any thought into it, I think I just assumed that that was how I felt. But when I really started to stop down and think about it. You were ready to buy a gun. Yeah, well. <laughs> for a different reason. Now that I understand you can't carry a gun for self-defense without yeah. be, being illegal in California, what's the point, you know? But you know that you're right, though. And that's, you know, if you go into a conversation being open and you say, hey, change my mind, right. you know, enlighten me, and you're actually willing and open to hear what the other person has to say, then that can be a good situation. You can learn from that. You know, politics has just gotten so, I mean, I, you know, at the time we were off not doing this, I, I wondered, what, you know, if, if and when we were going to get back to it and uh, what we would still talk about, what would still seem interesting. Politics has really, has really, I think just in the short time that we were doing the show, it, it got it just got much, what do I, I want to say worse, but I don't know if that's the right term. No, I think you're right. I agree. So, I mean, and so I find myself not nearly as drawn to discussions of it from either side that, that I was for a while. You know, it's been a, it's been a, it's been two or three presidential, you know, cycles that I've been pretty attuned to the situation. And after the ordeal with Trump, and you know, I was thinking back to some of our discussions <coughs> about Biden and stuff and where we're at now, um, I mean, I just want to make a couple of things clear. I never thought Biden was the right guy to be president, but he was, I mean, at that moment, he was as good as we were going to get. So he would never be my ideal of who I'd like to see for president for a lot of reasons, his age. But I think his experience in world politics has been, you know, has been helpful and is, you know, important in this time of international danger, right? We're on, we are truly on the brink of a, of a you know, through World War Three. And don't know what this is going to look like on the other side. You know, we—I was listening to our last our last show, and we talked about well, what is this going to mean to China. So what's so we're watching China, and although they have they have declined to get directly involved and take you know take up support Putin or do anything like that, they certainly haven't gone down the road that all the Western countries have. And they so and and while everybody's focus is 
you know, zeroed in on Ukraine, they're tightening up things in Taiwan. And, you know, their, their latest thing is the Strait of Taiwan is no longer international waters. Well, it's been international waters forever. Right. So they're going to say, hey, we're, we're going to make the rules in the Strait of Taiwan. So we just enter ever closer to the conflict that's coming. It, it's, it's as if it's a new Cold War, or you could totally see that happening. Yeah, the Cold War with China is going to be bad news. This is interesting. I want to get into China, too. But, but back to what you were starting to say, framing up the state of politics in the U.S. Yeah. And I, I, I find myself in the same situation. You know, it's, it's not it's almost a struggle to tune in because you know what you're going to get. It's the same bullshit. But I think the other thing is it, it has calmed down a little bit. And we've spent some time talking about this in the sense that every day in the Trump years, you, and sometimes multiple times a day, you wake up and you're like, what the fuck is happening now? What shit show is going on? And with Biden, it's a different kind of, you know, what's going on. Of course, there's chatter about, you know, his cognitive decline, or I sent you something about the Democrats' possible plan B, you know, for 2024 election. But it's not the same type of distraction that we had in the Trump years. In other words, it's government as usual, as we've come to know it, you know, in the last 50 years or so, with the issues of, you know, grandpa, you know, driving the car. But it's it's not as crazy as it once was. Now, some institutional norms need to be reestablished. I mean, Trump's. It seems like Trump's sole objective was to was to crush every institutional norm he could manage to take out during his time. Had he had he won that election, you know the damage he would have done in the last what is it two years almost now. You know, hard to even imagine. Do you, do you support this idea that because I think this was a, a quote that uh, what's his nuts Putin said. But that basically he didn't he wouldn't have invaded Ukraine if Trump was in office. Do you do you subscribe to that? I, did Putin say that? I read. Uh, yeah, I read something that that reported that he said it, but I didn't hear or read a dire- direct quote from him. Mm. I do not know if it, that he said that. So I've never thought about it. Um, do I? But I mean, the question of would he have invaded Ukraine if Trump was still I mean, Maybe he would have bided his time longer because Trump was well down the road of dissembling the UN for who knows what reason. The stated reasons that the European, the other members of because we're paying more and they're not paying their fair share. So ridiculous, you know. <laughs> I mean, I mean, here's the thing: you, you have no problem finding a billion dollars whenever you wanted to send to the Ukraine or send to Israel or whoever it is. But, you know, everything else is how do you pay for it, right? There's no discussion of how you're going to pay for it when it's when it's something the right wants. But if it's something the left wants, then it's like, well, how are you going to pay for that? Well, you don't give a fuck how we pay for anything. You just do whatever, and then the only time you care is if it's not your idea. And so, What do you think about uh, Sweden and, what, Finland joining the UN? Well, I mean, I wish they were in the UN already. I mean, I think we the whole world needs to be united against Putin or Russia at this stage of the game. At least in theory, if not in action, you know, but uh, don't you think we need to, you know, I like the UN. I don't think we should get rid of it, but we need to update the rules because why can Turkey, the UN or NATO, uh, maybe it's NATO. Which one is it? Well, NATO is the one. NATO is the one that in the in Europe's defense. Of yeah. Europe. So it was is it Turkey that can that has veto power over Finland and Sweden joining? Well, we'll see. Erdogan is another, you know, quasi dictator. Yeah. We only reason why we don't bring the hammer down on. Erdogan is because and, and and not only did Trump not bring the hammer down on him, he was kowtowing to him like he does for all those guys. 
But we are, one of our biggest military and most strategic bases is in Turkey, right? And so we can't we really can't afford to lose that strategic advantage, especially in the face of the state of the world right now. Our military strategic military defense is dependent on that huge base in in Turkey. So um, I think it's one of those things where I don't know that they're going to have to use other means to persuade Erdogan not to use that veto power. Because I think everybody everybody that matters wants them in. You take Finland. I mean, remember that you know Russia already invaded Finland once, right? So they've already they already know they how, know yeah how easy you can get fucked over exactly. And so they have spent the last twenty years beefing up their border. So that's that's not a surprise. So they're like, well, we're all in. We've already spent all the money. Um, if he was ever to try to invade us again, it would be the most pro, you know prolonged. Uh, uh, war in the world because we're ready to go. We're never letting these assholes back in here. Um, but that wouldn't stop him because he doesn't care how many Soviet troops he kills. He doesn't care how many innocent civilians he kills because he doesn't give a shit, right? He's a megalomaniac. I mean, what do you think about the, the, the theories that he's got some kind of terminal illness? I read that too, but we went down that rabbit hole with little fatty in Korea. Remember? <laughs> and he was like on death's door and no one had seen him. And well, he, he had a tapeworm. I think. <laughs> well, he he gained a lot of weight and he looked really pudgy and, you know, more so than usual and his coloring was bad. And then he was gone and then he resurfaced and then there was... He had, a, he had weight loss surgery. Is, is that what it was? For his head. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Oh, my God. Speaking of weight loss surgery, I'd like to shout out to, uh, to a relative I have that uh, is going through a life-changing experience as we speak. And I uh, want to wish you all the luck in the world. He's a listener. And uh, so I, he's in recovery right now. So he's doing good. Having actual weight loss surgery? He did. Okay. So no time to insert joke. Uh, no, I mean, <laughs> it's a huge decision for him. You know, my. Did he already what, do it? Yeah. Yeah. Friday. So he's recovering now. But here's the thing, right? Is that the, what do they do? The, uh, they like pinch off Lap your stomach or something? Yeah. They, they yeah. put a band around it. You know, uh, I've never had it. So, and I've always had struggle with weight one way or the other. One good thing is I've lost like. 35 pounds. Yeah, you look good. Yeah, thanks. So uh, I'll tell you a funny story. Your skin looks good, too. You look youthful. Yeah. I. Uh, some people have said that. It's weird. Usually when you lose weight, you look older. Yeah, right. right. So I don't know why that would be. My face was getting pretty fat. Especially with females, like really, really skinny females, it can age you a lot. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, um, hey, I'm happy for whatever improvement in my looks. This is right. It's not the way I recommend losing weight. Been, Your hair is coming back. You look it's back. not coming back. <laughs> <laughs> it hasn't really left, but it is on vacation in some spots on my head. Um, but uh, what the hell was I going to say? Uh, Your friend had the surgery, oh, the lap band. Oh, here's a funny weight loss story. So I have a doctor's skill. You know the kind where it's got the weights that you slide across the top? Yeah. I bought it from a medical supply. How it, could that possibly be accurate? It, no, it's far more accurate. I've had all the floor then, scales. Then the shit. digital scales? Digital scales are far. So you, you, there's no way to calibrate them. I, I don't. Are they not them. calibrated when they're I never built? Had, I never had two digital scales that read the same twice. Right? How do you calibrate a, a doctor's scale? You don't calibrate. It's just, you know, well, well, you put all the weights on zero, yeah. and then the thing is in the middle, and yeah, it's I know. calibrated. But how do you know the weights actually weigh what they say? How do you know the sky is blue? You look <laughs> up and it's blue. You just take very, it and take their word well, for very it. Very philosophical. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, I'm getting on. So one of the falls I've taken during this uh, problem with my with, of my back and my knees, I took trying to get on this scale. So I go in there. Oh, I think it was probably Friday or something afternoon. And uh, um, I was just wearing a pair of shorts. And so I had the minimal amount of clothes on. That's the way I like to weigh. 
Not completely naked because case. Yeah, of you're like a fighter in a cage and, match. Yeah, in case of emergency, I don't want to be in the garage naked. So anyway, that's a good in, idea. Yeah, I went in there to take uh, to get my weight. So I brought my walker in with me and put that over to my left and carefully step up on the scale because stepping up a curb or stepping down a curb. That's when my knee. Those is, things are usually a little higher than your typical digital bathroom scale. Yeah, and it's all you know. Anything, just the the difference between one doorway and the the, the floor on the other side of it can trip me up. So very carefully getting on it. So I'm holding it with my right hand. I'm holding part of the scale, and I move the weights over to 230, which is what my weight was the last time I weighed. And then I get on it, and I'm looking at it, and it's it's saying, hey, too heavy, right? It's like, okay, well, 230. Oh, good. I've lost some weight. So I just start moving the, the one weight over, right? Okay, 228. No, still too heavy. 225, still too heavy. Wow, 223. What the fuck's going on? I'm all the way down to 218. And wow. I'm like, oh, my God. How much? I've lost like 12 pounds in a week. And then I'm like, I, I must have cancer or something. <laughs> and so then I realized that my left hand is still on the walker. <laughs> So I let go and the thing goes boom right. That's why when you actually go to the doctor, they don't let you move the weights by yourself. Well, they don't have. They don't. They don't trust you. They all have digital skills. See, yeah, those skills don't exist. But that's why I I spent 150 bucks to buy this scale from a medical supply. How long ago? Oh, it's been 10 years, probably a long time ago, because I had scales and 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 I had a bunch of different floor scales and shit, and they just didn't work. Does it really matter, though, if most the same the scale... Would, most of the skills would scream out, get the fuck off me. <laughs> right? That's how heavy I was. But doesn't it really just matter if it's reading consistently? You know, if, if your scale, the one you're always on, if it tells you if you're up or down, isn't that all that matters? But even sometimes I couldn't... Because those skills, those floor skills, all have adjusters on them, right? And a lot of them aren't digital. A lot of them were just mechanical, right? You yeah. Know, they they yeah, just... Yeah. You got a little... Spin. Like the old uh, grocery store scales where you put the apples in and it's got, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, that's more like the one I have now than that. So anyway, I just give up on all those that I want a scale that I, I can be trust is accurate. So um, they got, they got ones now that connect to your phone. Yeah. Like Bluetooth. Again, they got the weight loss apps and the health apps. I have an inherent mistrust. But you, you, I'm surprised by that because usually you embrace technology. You like new things. I do. I do. But I, I just I've had a lot of experience with scales. I mean, it's always been a part of the work we do and and met weighing things and stuff like that. And I've seen digital scales, and mechanical scales and see how they work and what their shortcomings are. I mean, we used to use in the business, we used to use something called the Detecto brand scale it was a hanging. Yeah, I remember those scale, but they were so inaccurate. We used to call it Defecto. Don't yeah, because the, the needles would pop off and you'd put a paper clip on there. Yeah, no to lawyer. Don't sue me. I think Defecto is out of business. <laughs> Detecto. Yeah, well, half the time we're using a paperclip taped onto the thing because the needle was broke off. All right. right. That's, they had no face on them. Anyway, that's a little off track, but uh, yeah, weight loss. So uh, anyway, good luck to, to uh, my relative out there. We, we've been in our thoughts. So, What about you? Are you now motivated by this newfound weight loss? Is there a way to keep that going without um, you know, um, you know, your current status? Yeah, we'll see. I mean, um, I think that I'm in a different time in my life. You know, just a little bit of history here that you guys probably don't want. So before this this health issue ensued with my back in March, I was at about 268. I've been going to the doctor. I've been weighing and stuff in the doctor's office. I wasn't really doing anything special to try to lose weight. So as I've been trying to deal with this back problem and some other issues, my doctor said, hey, you know, your sugar is way too high. You're heading for problems. And some of this problem that I'm having may be related to high blood sugar. I'm having some. Do you have diabetes? Yeah. Diagnosed with di yes, diabetes? Some of this appears to be diabetic neuropathy, 
my skin, my leg skin, it, the, the, the skin on my legs, my thighs and calves is just on fire about half the time. So that's either inflammation, it could be coming from this pinched nerve, it could be diabetic neuropathy, not getting a clear diagnosis on that. We'll see. If it gets better, when this problem gets better, we'll know what it was from. And then, so I did start about in March to try to work on the the overall blood sugar level. So I think at that point, my a- A1C, which anybody that knows anything about diabetes will know what that is. That's the measurement you do with a blood test of your three-month average sugar. That'll tell you what your average sugar is all the time. It's pricking your finger tells you what it is at that moment. That's a moment in time. A1C is your three-month average. So it was uh, 11, which is... Is that bad? Right after 11 on that scale comes, you're dying in your sleep. So, <laughs> what should it be? It should be under seven. So that was very high. That's not a huge range. If, it, you know, if it's seven or under is okay, but by 11, yeah. you're dead? Well, no, There's not, not a lot of wiggle room there. You're not dead at 11, but you're heading for diabetic neuropathy. You're heading for blindness. You're heading for losing your toes or your feet. So you got to get that corrected. So I went to the doctor then two months after that. So March, April. So end of April, 1st of May, I went and saw my regular doctor again. Um, Follow-up for the the diabetes thing, follow-up for the back problem. But he's not really treating the back problem. There other doctors for that. So anyway, my A1C went from 11 to 8. So that was a two-month concerted effort. So there's a whole month still in that measurement that where I wasn't doing shit. So I'm going to go back again pretty soon. Uh, we're going to let four months elapse from that appointment. So we'll go back, and I'm hoping that my A1C will be under seven at that point. Because I'm, I'm if, at, so that part of that is, you know, thinking about what you're eating, and mm-hmm. so and then the other thing that's helped the weight loss is I have been nauseous a lot of the time. Some of that is, <laughs> well, I know this. I, I'm glad to bring some joy into your life, but I know the way I say it is funny. But upset stomach, taking a lot of ibuprofen and, and acetaminophen for inflammation of the that nerve and for uh, pain. And uh, that tends to make you not feel that good. So I've had some problems with that. So often when I, over the last three months, when I go to eat, I'm just not very hungry. I mean, that'll do it. I, I took 12 hours almost to cook a brisket yesterday. I had three pieces, right? Typically I would have ate half the brisket. All right. Especially if I spent that much time on it. So um, that's fine. That's great. I think I've just, I think my eating habits are changing, right? And so, uh, I'm like open. when you get to a certain point, like I know a lot of old people yeah. that they just start eating ice cream. That's like their only diet is ice cream. <laughs> I can totally see that. Um, <laughs> I was going to say that that if you go back uh, f- uh, 15 years ago, back to 2001, my weight had gone up to 327. Damn. So I've been down around 260 t- to 270 for quite a long time. So the difference between... 327 and 270 is substantial. I consider that permanent weight loss. Um, that was really scary and dangerous, right? But 270 is way too heavy. And so the other thing the doctor said was, hey, if you lose weight, it's going to help this back. Yeah, of course. And, every, and your blood sugar. Yeah, and every 10 pounds you lose is, you know, has a huge impact on your, your diabetes. So what are you at now? What did you say? 230. Okay. So um, I don't think I was, I think when I got married in 92, it was 232. And so I've, Feeling good. I want to get down to about 220 and see. I don't care much after that. I'm not trying to. Yeah, that's to, a good target for I'm you. I'm not trying to model or something, you know. If you end up losing some of your toes or a foot, what do you have to do to the scale? Do you have to? How do you calibrate that? Because that's not fair if you're lighter because you've lost some limbs. <laughs> hey, if they're gone, they're gone. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, here's the thing. I, you know, 
I don't want to make this all about my health problems, but uh, you've given you know. us several podcast titles because of your health yeah, problems. Yeah, I know. It's been it's been a journey. I mean, I started trying to figure out some of this stuff, you know, about the time we started the podcast. So you guys have got to. I mean, here's the other news flash uh, for the listeners: for all of our discussions about COVID, right during the time we were on hiatus, I had COVID twice. So it looks like. Um, I went through the whole first two years. I got all the vaccinations and everything's good. I never got it. Um, then I got it at the end of April, and then I got it in the beginning of May again. I was Pretty, surprised when you told me that, yeah. that, that I had to ask you, is, are you, were you a COVID virgin before that? Yeah, I was. I, had, I know you had had it, but I had never had it. And uh, when I got it the first run at the end of April, I immediately got a hold of my doctor. And within a day, I had a prescription for Paxlovid, which is the, one of the antiviral treatments. So between that and having the uh, vaccinations, it was a very minor, you know, the, the symptoms were minor. No, no problem breathing, just temperature and feel like shit, body aches and stuff like that. Gone in about, symptoms gone in about four days, four terrible days, but not, not, you know, not terrible. And then the second time, I didn't bother. I called the doctor. I said, hey, I went through the Paxlovid last time. I didn't get very sick. He goes, well... You're probably this is probably Omicron. Nobody escapes the Omicron. Yeah. So um, uh, that's why the world was forced to go back to normal. No masks. No. Yeah, but here's you know, the distancing thing, right? because we all have it. Just like it's you know, <laughs> we've been some, saying. There's some people that I talked to through you know about COVID. They're like, well, see, the vaccines don't work. Well, that's not true. Had I gotten COVID without the vaccines, I probably would have died. Right. I probably would have been in the hospital on a respirator, intubated, and dead now. Um, but you know, that never happened. And I, I totally think that's because of the vaccines, how much effect the Paxlovid had. That's a pretty effect. It's about an 80% effective with the Paxlovid. So that was good. I had access to it. Didn't cost me anything. Um, uh, but, um, yeah, I'm hoping not to get it again. But, you will, but it's like, it's like the flu when yeah. you have the vaccine. So, I mean, that's where this is down to, but still there are people that, that, never got the vaccination or still not vaccinated, they're at a very high risk, right? And the people that are actually- that's, We need to thin the herd. That's what I've always I, said. I know. Back to the old, the old discussion. <laughs> Some things never change. COVID is boring. So that's what I'm going to say. We're all bored to have- Exactly, death, which right? is why it's time to just fucking move on. And for the most part, we have. Yeah. But you know, you know I was recently in South Africa again. Right. And when I was there, all the talk was, you know, South Africa's experiencing the fifth oh. wave and it's the new hotspot in the world. In fact, right before I, I left to go there, and I don't even understand how this works. We talk about it too. But the, the federal mask mandate for airplanes and TSA and all that shit was challenged by some federal it's, judge. It's gone now. It's gone now. But we talked about this in the Trump years too, where right. he would do something and then some obscure judge you've never heard of cancels it. It's like, I don't even understand how this country works anymore. What's going the other way now, right? There's so many Trump judges in there that, that things that, you know, Democrats put into effect sometimes. like the mask mandate, which right. was great. Which, and then you have these rogue places like L.A. County said, like literally it went away. And then L.A. County the next day said, fuck that. We're going to impose these masks. So I went to the airport that day, LAX, and didn't wear a mask. And nobody else had a mask and nobody gave a shit. And TSA didn't enforce it. Security didn't enforce right. it. The airline workers didn't enforce it. I flew all the way to South Africa with no mask. Now, That's when great. I was there... Yeah, I flew around a bunch in country and on their airlines, you had to wear a mask and they're militant about it. Uh, and that's the whole thing. Yeah. But it's like, just just move on. You know, we know you guys are, you know, several months behind us, but the rest of the world, we've kind of <laughs> moved on. 
That's good you didn't get it there. No, but then what was happening is uh, the whole monkeypox thing came up. So yeah. when I came back, it's like, oh, fuck, did you bring back monkeypox? Right. That was right when you came back, I yeah. remember. Yeah. So that's a scary thing. It doesn't look like it's going anywhere. Here, yeah, but that's – how do you get you get that through sex, right? Or that's what they're saying. This is no being idea. transmitted. Sex with monkeys? Wait. I, <laughs> I don't know. You said it, my friend. No, I don't know. Well, then I'm safe. <laughs> Are you sure? No need to vaccinate. Yeah, pretty sure. Pretty sure. Um, yeah, so God, it's just one thing after another. So anyway, that's the that's the world as I know you, it. You know today. what's interesting? You you know a lot about health, about diet, about eating, but I'm dying before your very eye. <laughs> as you've stated, you know, for the longest time you've been a heavy guy. Yeah. And so Well what am I saying here? Well, weight weight problems are almost always psychological. So I mean you, like you, addiction type issues, sort of. I mean, you see the same kind of uh, tendencies that lead to that, lead to weight weight gain and inability to lose weight and stuff. There's just a whole lot. Of, it's just a very involved process. It's hard to get your head around. I mean, this is the kind of weight loss. Isn't it I, just calorie deficit? I mean, shit. You've got you've given me a thesis on yeah. ketosis and all kinds of other I mean, shit. I mean, listen, it's less food. I mean, here I'm proving it out, right, for myself. Yeah. Less food in, less. What, more what about heavy out. weight training or any kind of weight training? Mm, I don't. I, I mean, I'm not even really convinced that exercise. Can you lose weight through exercise? <laughs> the ratio is really tough, right? Yeah. Um, I mean, for sure, if you're burning more calories, you can eat more without yeah. weight gain. And or I think know. that's technically true yeah. as far as diet. But I mean, it's just eat less, right? And a lot of people say, "Oh, what have you done recently to lose weight?" I haven't done anything except try to eat. You know, try to watch my sugar intake. And, um, because by the time I, by the time I get to the evening, I'm, I'm not hungry because my stomach's upset. And so, and then, um, I'm not staying up much Pat, because I'm not feeling well so much of the time. I'm in bed, so you, you're I'm in almost seven thirty. You're right? kind of basically doing intermittent fasting where you, you, you might be going 14, 15 plus hours in between meals, right? Yeah. You know, I mean, I could go from six o'clock to to six or eight o'clock in the morning. Um, what I have found, what I have started to do, and this is the other thing that I've been treated for, is I, I've always had, the thing with the whole diabetes started when we found out I had high fasting blood sugar in the morning. I don't eat anything from whatever snack I had at, late at night, but that's still hours. Even if I'm eating at 10 o'clock or something at night, that's still, you know, that's still eight hours or something until I eat again. No, no, none of that food is still in your body. The sugar should be gone. So, that wouldn't cause high morning. So what do you mean none of the foods in your body? Well, what I about mean, the duty? Well, the duty, yeah, you might have to crap, but you're not. <laughs> how long does, how long does it take you to get rid of <laughs> the meal that you, like, I think the meal that I eat now, it's going to be gone in like two hours. Uh, not gone. You, it'll be out of your stomach, but it's going to take longer than that to get. You couldn't drive a truck through your intestines in two hours. <laughs> no, mine you can't. <laughs> I don't know. I, uh. I, uh, is it bad that I have this cooking show on today? Yeah, no. <laughs> um, which I'm wondering, where, where's CNBC? I'm mixing it up for you. This okay, guy's good. this guy's good. Yeah, he's got induction cooking on the beach. That's that's very progressive. You ever used one of those induction cooking? Yeah, yeah. You got the pan with a special bottom. Yeah, all that. Yeah, we're all going to be using those because we're right. not going to be allowed to use natural gas anymore. Right, right. That's LA County now. Well, no, isn't it all of California new construction? Uh, maybe, maybe. I only hear about it in LA. You County. have gas, right? I have gas. I mean, how can you cook? Here's what I'm going to tell you about that. You're going to take that gas out of my cold, dead hands. Oh, right. Wait, that's my gun. That's, my, that's, <laughs> that's the gun I don't have. It, in the 70s, wasn't 
uh, you know, like electric ranges, all the thing, and that was going to be the future. Electricity is the future until it's not. Yeah, but 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 cooking, electric ga- cooking. How much how much petroleum do you have to generate to make the electricity? Is it really that you know, cooking on gas stoves really that's what's killing the planet? I don't know. E- I think, even I think it's leaf blowing with gas engines. I'll be happy when those are gone. I got to tell you, really. Those things. Well, they used to drive you crazy when you were doing this from your house. Oh my god, they make me fucking mental. And where I live, I live in a typical, you know, overpriced neighborhood, and everybody has gardeners on different days. So five, six fucking days a week, these guys are in there blowing, and they're just well, these they're lazy fuckers too. I remember get a broom. The blowing and suckage in your neighborhood was was beyond the norm. (laughs) That's right. I uh, I have had uh, many different electric leaf blowers, right? And then uh, my nephew, who worked at Sears for a couple of years, um, he bought and brought home a gas-powered leaf blower, which I fell in love with. And then when he left and no longer needed it, I, I either bought it off him or I had him get me a new one or something. And I used it till it crapped out. But the difference between an electric leaf blower and gas-powered was... One works and one doesn't. Uh, it was like, you know, driving a four-cylinder Pinto and a, right. and a new-gen Camaro. You know, it's like, okay, I'm gonna, I can blow anything out of my path with this gas blower. And I can't do shit with the electric. Which is, if you have that, you're going to find shit to blow with it. Yeah. You're gonna, you know, it's like... Well, the yard was clean. That's like yeah, exactly. But uh, uh, new electric... Um, uh, leaf blowers are pretty are a lot stronger. They're Eighteen volt. They got a different battery. They got a better motor. Yeah. So. Meanwhile, you know we have blackouts here. We lose the electricity. Well, the it's thing. a fortune to charge the goddamn yeah. batteries. I'm going to get rid of all my gas powered uh, lawns. Not that I use any of it anymore. I've already gotten rid of it all. But but you'd be out there, you know, with your new electric leaf blower. And but here's the thing: it'll be battery powered. So you just charge up the battery. You're not going to be. That was the thing. The electric ones didn't have batteries. They just were all. I yeah, they plugged in. Yeah. 200 foot cord around with me. My yeah, half yeah. acre lot. We, right. we were progressive when I was a kid. I, however old you are when you first get uh, tasked to start mowing the lawn. You know, it was probably, I don't right. know, nine or ten. Right. And we had an electric lawnmower oh, that wow. plugged in. Electric? Yeah. Wow. How, you, how woke was your parents? I know, right? And they're completely the opposite of that now. So I'm like, well, I don't understand what that was about, if it was a hand-me-down or something. Right. And of course, the extension cord had like marks in it from when it was run over a few times and taped up. I had electric uh, with, with, you know, where you had to use a cord uh, weed whacker. Right. Right. Now, if you really want something, get a gas-powered weed whacker. Oh yeah, you can cut down a fucking tree. Yep. With a, with a <laughs> that plastic line, if you got a, a gas-powered. So I bought all that stuff. It's all and then you and then you cut the strings a little too long just to make sure that you can really get those fucking weeds. You know that string shit was just a pain in the ass. Those things were amazing devices, but I spent more time trying to reload the spool than cutting any goddamn weeds down with it. Right. And I see things on TikTok or Instagram where guys videos of guys trimming lawns. I had an edger. Yeah, I, yeah. My dad used to have edgers, so I used Like the edger. metal ones that sparked everywhere? Yeah, yeah. You've got a blade that goes <laughs> yeah. right next to the curve. And then I see guys freehand these weed whackers and, you know, edge a line. Yeah. I tried that in there with a great big divot in the side. Of the <laughs> right, yeah. You just, could never get it straight. It was uh-oh. all in zigzag. <laughs> or, you know, the line hits the cement and breaks off. So, now oh, that was a good old... I, You know, my gardener is charging me a freaking arm and a leg now. He just raised the price 40 bucks, 10%. Well, he's a Trump guy, right? Well, he is a Trump guy. He's, a, he's issue, a capitalist. One, one issue voter. Right? Yeah, he's trying to become a millionaire. Oh, he's a Catholic, so it's a one issue voter. It's abortion for him. So, uh, um, I haven't talked to him recently, but you going to fire him? No, no, he's a good guy. 
He does a great job. I mean, I pay through the. Does app. he use gas powered shit? He does. What's he gonna do when he loses it? I don't Isn't know. that coming it's like Orange in County. two two years or something? It's Orange County. I don't so know. I don't know. I, don't I thought know. that's a statewide ban. He'll get he'll get electric. He'll get. Electric. It's gonna be so nice. Well, he'll charge me for it. Like I'm in I'll favor of things that benefit me. Like I want the gardeners to lose gas power tools, but I still want to be able to use a gas range. I want to be able to drive <laughs> gas vehicles. I want to be able to fly on airplanes. Well, that's why I'm happy using my Traeger. I don't see anybody coming for my wood pellets. I don't see that in the in the. Obvious. You might you might be forced to not you know burn actual wood pellets because of the fucking drought here. Because of the drought, how's that? It's a fire hazard. I don't think there so. could be embers. There's no embers coming out of my machine. <laughs> there could be. There's smoke coming out of my machine. There could actually there could be. Have you used it recently? Yeah, I recently. What did I do? I did a pork shoulder. Okay. And uh, some chicken, and then we did a tri-tip. All right, good. Yeah. Yeah, tri-tips come out. They're idiot proof, so. But you know, again, I was just in South Africa, so the way they do, they're so like militant about how they do. They're they're it's a big meat country, and their version of a barbecue is called the braai. <laughs> But everything has to be on real wood. Goats and uh, goats and giraffes, or what do they do? Uh, I haven't ever had a giraffe. Uh, I've had springbok. I've had ostrich. Oh, that's goat. <laughs> springbok. <laughs> they got hooves, right? They have hooves, they yeah, have and horns. horns. Yeah, it's a goat. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> no marsupials there, though. They, mm, yeah, not that I know of. Armadillo? I don't know if I've seen an armadillo. How do you cook an armadillo? Carefully, which can you? Is an armadillo like a like a lobster? Pretty much. There's probably not a lot in oh, there to eat. That outside skeleton. Anything that wears their skeleton on the outside is um, alien to me. It comes like, from another planet. Would you eat like? Could you eat a porcupine? Obviously, no. if you plucked its spines. I don't. I don't, I don't want to eat any of that shit. Would you? <laughs> would you ever eat there like in go. a survival situation? Would you eat anything to survive, or do you, with this newfound dietary, you know, mental strength that you have, you'd just be able to survive? I'd like to clear something up. Yeah, I am in no way trying to tell anybody out there that I have lost weight due to control or uh, willpower or discipline. It, I have been sick to my stomach for four <laughs> months. I understand, right? And so, you know, I'm not taking any credit for this. I am loving it right i'd love to it's great to lose weight and it's it's you know it feels great and uh, i'm hoping that i can keep you know just you know get past this and then maintain a you know a, a reasonable weight something around 220 but please don't anybody think that i'm here to tell you what a great job I've done. how how often are you weighing yourself uh typically once a week right and, they, and you know it can go up a couple pounds it depends what's what's going on but like we were, we had our convention thing, right? There was a lot of, there were two big dinners and there was a lot of weird eating, you know, during that week. And uh, then it came out, didn't gain anything. So, but I didn't eat that much either. Like at that, uh, we the last night was a buffet thing, which by the way, the waiters did my plate for me. That was, so that was cool. nice of them. That was nice. And that happened at lunch too. The waiter, I tried to get. There See, was that's a, kind of a cool benefit. Well, I'm is. not saying that you're milking this, but. <laughs> a lot of people. This Walker thing is a lot of people open doors for you and stuff like that. So even you came running out to the door of the studio today. Well, I, I, and you said something to me I didn't even know that we have a handicap access, right. which I didn't even realize. Well, here, here was the plan because I was trying to remember, and I didn't really remember the handicap thing, but 
um, because getting upstairs with a walker is tough. And the one, the biggest problem I'm having is uh, my back doesn't hurt that much. We think that's the root of all these problems, but my knees are buckling out from under me, so yeah. I can fall real easily. Um, and it spread to both legs before it was just my right leg, so now both legs. And and um, so you know things change. This the pinching may be the the disc may be moving around a little bit. So when I there's one of your one there's two there's two sets of steps that lead up to this front door. One of them is like five steps. One of them is three. Um, I never notice. I just hop over right, all of them. Right. No, you just you know <laughs> you guys can't see Travis, but he's seven foot twelve, and uh, oh that makes him thirteen foot. But he takes very large steps. But yeah. So here was my plan. I I I think I think one of those is only three. So I would walk up, and it's got rails. So if it's got a rail, that's a different story. So I was going to just you know kind of throw my walker up at the top of the stair. You were going to throw it? Well, just grab it by one hand and oh, put I it see. up there, right? And then and then that would be up there. And then uh, I can I could grab onto the rail and go up one step at a time and support myself. I can do that. It's not pretty, but I could do it. And uh, But I wasn't looking forward to doing it because that's a good way for me to fall down. But then when I got here, I'm like, okay, well, there's a handicap thing. I don't have a handicap plaque unless we're Debbie's mom. Yeah, how come you don't have one? Well, because I haven't asked my doctor for one. I'm sure I could get one at this stage. Why don't you? I probably will. And nobody will challenge you even if once you're off the walker because you've always kind of had this like almost like how would I describe <laughs> it? Like like a like a drunken pirate. <laughs> you have that little bit of a 45 degree angle step. Yeah, I uh, I do. <laughs> But it's cool, like like a Jack Sparrow kind of thing. Yeah, the, the myriad of health problems that I'm dealing with for <laughs> years. So this this whole problem. So I have something called I don't know if this is the right term. My ankles splay out to the outside, so both my feet want to just I want to walk on the outside edge of both feet, and I do. And my right foot is very tilted over to the right. So you know when you're a kid, you you do that on purpose. You walk on the outside yeah. of your feet, not the inside. That's almost impossible, to right? Do, but on the outside. Because we're flexible and the ligaments down there and the bones are pliable and you can yeah, do it. Yeah, nothing pops or You're, makes a weird sound. Yeah. So now my foot, over the years, it's just gotten worse and worse. My right leg is really bowed out to the outside. And so um, um, that has not helped this situation. It probably accounts for that weird 45. Imagine years. this was like uh, in the 1800s and you had to ride around on a horse. Like you'd be fucked. <laughs> oh, yeah. I need a, I need a more uh, a horse with better shocks. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my God! So well, let's get back to this uh, this China thing. Okay, China. Yeah. So we were kind of dancing around the idea, or you know, what China's involvement and you know lack of comments about Russia and Ukraine and what they're really doing in Taiwan and all this stuff. They're moving on Taiwan. They're moving on everywhere. Singapore, Taiwan, Hong. Do Kong. you think because this is kind of what we're seeing now? The new the new kind of big storyline is maybe a change in you know, things in the economy. We've had this massive inflation. We've seen places like here in the U.S. where the Fed has raised interest rates. China, for its part, over the last 10 plus years has been uh, loaning countries uh, money, like in Africa, this uh, Belt and Road Initiative. They're trying to build infrastructure, airports, all this stuff so that they have reliance on China. It's influence, right? It's influence, exactly. But what's going to happen now with changing economic times where... China might not have the money to lend. There's already several of these countries that are going to default on some of these loans. Is that going to change things for China where they might not be able to be so, you know, brazen, if you will? Hmm. I think that whatever money they've put out has been for their own 
you know, personal purposes Absolutely. for the influence. And I don't think they care that much about getting the money back, right? Because it's just, it's money. It's not really, it's just a, a way to, to create influence, right? So I don't think they're going to worry about that. Um, we're going to lose, I mean, we're not going to get all the money back from companies, countries that we've found <coughs> out. People, countries are going to default and things are going to go on, you know, as long as we don't default. Because even if we did, right, like one of these stupid things where they don't fund the government or something, it still goes on, right? Just goes on. Yeah, because different. we're America, baby. I thought it was a, we're America, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> but you don't think, though, that – so in other words, China is lending money that it can afford to lose. But lending or spending. But think about this. Where does China get their money? They're, they're an exporter, right? You know, they, they manufacture manufacture all of the world's goods – and they need buyers. Yeah. So their own, you know, COVID strategy, zero COVID, locking down the ports, that of course has created gridlock all over the world. Right. And they're not moving anything, they're not selling anything. You Therefore know, I, they, their income has been reduced. And I wonder if if they incidentally came to the uh came to the awareness that they can fuck up the entire world just by screwing up that chain of well, supply I, chain. They absolutely can. I don't right. think they just realize it. They've known this. What gets you more what has more influence or possible uh you know ramifications down the road a tactical nuclear strike somewhere that garners you worldwide um you know uh disgust or whatever and and or retaliation retaliation or you know pulling the pulling the the choke chain on the supply lane and saying well it's not our fault i think you're right exactly so i mean when they want to fuck you over they have multiple ways to do it now it's in their best interest if everybody plays nicely Right, they make more money. They can, they can have more money to create influence. I mean, they're going to own Africa. But right? therein lies the problem. You're right. When everybody plays nicely, and what China wants by playing nicely is to be able to abstain from the conflict in Russia. But on the other hand, if they get you know drawn into it, or other countries become aggressive, or the United States takes action against Taiwan or whatever, involve, Hong Kong, yes, right. With Taiwan, I think. Is what the didn't one. Biden say something about Taiwan? He's made it. He's had a couple of gaffes, big ones lately that he's had to walk back. But I thought he said something about Taiwan. Yeah. Well, I don't remember, but I remember. I remember Trump, which I love, by the way. Trump I, called the. Trump took a call from the Taiwanese president when he first got elected, which just because that was a diplomatic faux pas, no U.S. presidents were doing that. I mean, we maintain our support for them, but. We, in order not to anger China, we weren't having official diplomatic relations with the Taiwanese government, and that's the first. Which thing. is dumb. That's the yeah, I agree. Which is the first thing Trump did. You know, just hey, here's a norm I can crush. I'm gonna, hey, fuck, I, Obama, you know, Obama. The first thing he did was a travel ban on Muslims. <laughs> Let's look at our story right. First thing he did was uh, change. He changed. He got rid of an executive order that was limiting the sale of guns. To people, that's the very first thing he did. And I was like, on the first. We should day, look that up. There's probably a good ten or so things, things that happened he did. He did. <laughs> immediately. Um, yeah. So I. But I don't know. Do you, so okay. We he took this phone call and officially kind of broke the silence of recognizing diplomatic relations with Taiwan. But didn't Biden recently say something <laughs> like we would defend Taiwan if there was an invasion by China? I think he has. I mean, he'll say things in plain speech yeah. sometimes that that other presidents or political leaders state department isn't behind because he's sort of shooting from the hip and that's one of the things that people have always worried about with him but he said it 
life goes on. Well, and right? this is the thing. And by the way, if you ever finish Obama's book, he comments about himself. He says, you know, I always had a very deliberate and slow pace at speaking, even when I wasn't reading speeches. And he said that was on purpose because right. it allowed me to be very precise in the choice of my words and be very deliberate. And I, as a result, I didn't have a lot of gaffes. Right. And he, he wasn't saying... He said others do, and he wasn't saying Biden. He was right. referring to other people. But here's the thing about Biden. For all the criticisms and, and, and the you know, people who are vocal against him, myself included, the one benefit of him being old as fuck and senile is that he says shit unfiltered like your grandpa. Right. Because he just, it just comes out. Come so on, the White man. House has had to white, walk back a lot of these comments. But I think, no, say it like it is, dude. I think it played a significant role in shortening Jin Saki's uh, tenure as White House uh, news person. What do you think of the new one? I haven't even seen. Is it John her? John Marie something or other. She's uh, MSNBC. She was a significant MSNBC contributor. Then she, then when Biden won, she went on the left in MSNBC as an on-air contributor. And, and didn't Saki go to MSNBC? She, she's gone from uh, the White House now. Yeah. I don't think she's gone. I think there's some kind of contract or something, but we'll have to see how that plays out. Is the new one giving us anything interesting, like circling back or anything good? Nah, she's the first. She's the first openly gay woman of color to ever hold that that position. So there's that. That's a typical, you know, Democratic kind of kind of thing. Um, uh, yeah, I, I mean, I don't think Jinsaki had her own style going on, right? Came in with such a such a glaring contrast to the dumb robot blonde they had in there for <laughs> <laughs> no <laughs> dumb robot blonde uh McEnany. McEnany. make it make it something yeah <laughs> but come on the all-time greatest sir was stroke face yep stroke face <laughs> that was one of our first Have early you, early nicknames we gave somebody stroke face. you gave it to her did i, I thought she was great I'd like to apologize to everybody. You don't have to apologize. Yeah, I'll probably have stroke face before too long. When are we going to move past the apologizing and the offending and the sensitivity? I'm over it. Okay, good. <laughs> I'm, I'm glad you are. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I was thinking about it on the way here. I'm like, I wonder what I'm going to end up apologizing for. Don't apologize. <laughs> Listen, this is a comedy show, my friend. Yeah. We, we, we're slow on the jokes today. That but... is really where we need to go. Yes. Comedy. <laughs> well, I, I mean... I was listening to our last podcast on the way here, like I said. And I only got about a third of the way through before I got here. And I was surprised how quickly I got here. And I took the wrong turn. That's because you're not using your brake pedal because it's too hard to get it, move your foot. <laughs> I'm not braking for this off-ramp because, <laughs> yeah. So, uh, um, yeah, I did actually miss the five. I got on the 55 at uh, Catella or whatever that is, and then I missed the five. So I had to drive all the way down to the 405. Oh, come, Jesus. Come down through the Y, but it was really quick. So you saw what time I got here. Like yeah, it was, it was early. I was, I was planning on helping you through the door. I appreciate and it. And I, I was rocking out, like I said, and I didn't hear you. <laughs> I was trying to, uh, you know, get you all hyped up. So what were you doing while you were rocking out? Were you working out, exercising? or? Just... Yeah, I was swinging some kettlebells. Okay, good. I was putting up really, for me, heavy kettlebells okay. yesterday, too. But uh, now I'm sore. <laughs> so your family's gone, huh? Yeah, out of they're, town? they're gone. Okay, wow. I think are they're coming lonely? back. Are they coming back? <laughs> Kids are out of school, huh? Yeah, you know, summertime. But that's the thing is, as a parent, you miss the routine 
because, you know, you, you send them to school and then, you know, there's other kids tire them out and, yeah. you know, their brain is working and they're using a pencil and all that. Well, that just means Megan's tired, not you. Yeah. Well, no, the same for me because yeah. then their sleep schedule is all off. And right, they, but they're know, not here. They're not here this week. So that's affecting Megan, not you. <laughs> yeah, this week it's affecting her. I mean, them not being tired out is not, not, I have, yeah. nothing for you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's all good for me. Well, I spent a little time with Travis's kids uh, a week or two ago at the convention, and uh, um, they're absolutely fantastic. They're beautiful. Uh, they're smart, uh, but they are nonstop. Nonstop. Right? And then I spent four or five hours with my nephew yesterday, and I don't think he ever stopped talking. And that's fine because whenever he talks, I'm smiling. I don't care what he's He's a saying. future podcast host. I guess. And killer i guess as he was playing this video game where you know in these video games you're gonna have to kill the boss that's typically the way you know especially on a lot of the who's the boss well they have different bosses right so you you got monsters there's a bunch of different monsters in this game we were playing and so him and his father were playing tandem they each had their own controller they're playing on my big screen tv and they're they're playing as a team they're not playing against each other they're playing as a team and so they're trying to kill the boss. So you, you get into a thing where you're up against the boss. You've gone through all the levels. You're up against the boss, the real big boss. And you got to just fight it until you wear him out. You see a little progress bar down at the bottom that's going down, down, down. So Connor gets down there. It's like a, a tenth of the progress bar left. And he's just going, kill, 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 kill. Now, <laughs> like, if he were to drop like a motherfucker or something in there, is that would you would you say something to him? Uh you know, he was he was talking very rapidly, and he said that wasn't the only thing he said. That was just something he was chanting at this one part to kind of keep it going. And uh, there was another thing where he was saying something. What I was hearing was, um, "Die, you mother effer, say motherfucker," or something like that. He it said was, that. No, but but that's what I heard. I thought that's what I thought, and he was repeating it. But it was he was saying the name of one of these bosses, and it it kind of sounded like that when you ran it all together and kind of slurred it together. And I'm listening, I look over at his mom and I'm like, is he saying kill the motherfucker or what is he saying? She's no, no kill in the name of the thing. I go, Oh, it just sounds like that. So, I mean, cause the video game is if, if the bad guy, if the boss resembled say a Putin, would it be okay if he said die motherfucker? <laughs> it would be okay with me, but <laughs> I don't think his parents are ever going to be okay with that. That's but. one of those things. I, I could give a shit about that. It's just words. Come yeah, on. They're they going to hear it. They don't cuss much, the parents, so I don't anticipate. And They I, say that's a sign of intelligence if you use curse words. Well, then I must be a fucking genius. You are a fucking genius. <laughs> so, you know, I got I got in so much trouble when I was in elementary school, right? And I got, I don't know, a couple times I got, you know, my parents had to have meetings with the vice principal. The principal was not dealing with this, right? So anything that had to do with foul language came into the vice principals. There was a woman, and uh, she was okay, not too scary, but a little scary. And uh, uh, so after about, like, the third time, she's like, listen, he's going to be expelled if this keeps happening. So my dad came and had a talk with me, and he's like, listen, um, I get it. Uh, you know, I get it. You hear it a lot. I mean, my my dad used to walk around the house going, uh, damn, Sam, shit on a stick, you know, whatever. He, he didn't yeah. use the F word much, but he said everything else. And it, it was just par for the course. And so I heard a lot. And so I used it, right, in school. And you, get, you say it to the wrong person, so he tattles on you. And you're up That's what it is. Right? And so he told me, he goes, listen, he goes, uh, I don't care the rest of the time but when you're in school you just need to be smarter otherwise they're gonna you're gonna get I, expelled. I, I agree wholeheartedly right? and so 
once I heard that, it made me want to try, you know, because he kind of to gave get me, expelled. No, no, try to not get expelled. Oh, right? yeah. And and he gave me the way to do it. He goes, listen, I don't give a shit about this, right? So. I don't, you know, it's like, hey, don't do it to rebel because I don't care. But, you know, the person you're going to fuck over is yourself. You're going to get expelled and then that's going to be bad. You're going to go to special school or something. (laughs) (laughs) So they're going to give you a tattoo and put you in with the hardcore kids. right? My kids, my daughter in particular, she's obsessed with learning about my childhood. She wants, they want to know what movies I watched, what music I listened to. They ask me to tell them stories about when I was bad and when I got in trouble. Wow. And so I told them this story. I must have been, God, first, second, third grade, somewhere in there. And they, you know, when I just said cuss words. And I vividly remember I was on the playground and I ran up to these two girls and I said something that made absolutely no sense, but it was a way for me to use swear words. Okay. And I, I went up to them and without saying anything I, I got very close and I said if you want to be a bitch you have to be a shit nice <laughs> so well thought out well thought out well played and obviously you know I probably was just just being exposed to those kinds of words because I didn't put it in a really cool sentence and then they went and told on me yeah and then I got I went to the principal's office and then I remember and my wife doesn't believe me the principal I'm in the, the desk takes out the paddle and beats it on the desk and doesn't beat me with it, but slams it on the desk and tells me, if I ever do that again, the next time I'm going to use this on you. Wow. And they called my dad and he came and picked me up. And then when I got home, I got my mouth washed out with soap with the bar, you know, so like really digging into your teeth. (laughs) And so, and my daughter, she, she wants me to tell that. What did you say again, dad? You know, know, did you ever tell her what you said? Yeah, I told her. Oh, wow. But that's the thing, you know, I give my kids a long leash wow. and, and they don't abuse it. You know, that's funny, the paddle thing. You know, that was corporal punishment or whatever. A lot of different teachers in public school, especially in junior high, and I don't remember this so much in elementary school. Nobody had a paddle that I'm aware of, but the shop teachers had paddles in, in junior high, right? And that's where you're gonna get you're gonna get the paddle. Aren't you a little too old for the paddle in junior high? Yes. I, I mean here's Can you thing. imagine I was a little too big, right? I was already What are you like? So twelve in junior high, thirteen. Yeah, so it was like two hundred fifty pounds, and I was already five nine. So that's, that's almost sexual. That's as big. Yeah, as Come I, on, buddy, bend me over and paddle me. I'm, so here was the thing, and I, I said this for a variety of things because I knew I was a larger kid, right? And so, and I was pretty sure, not that I was any expert fighter or anything, but I was pretty sure that if an adult tried to do something to me, I didn't want him to do, no matter what it was or who it was, that. I could effectively strike back, right? So had a shop teacher or any teacher say in junior high, for sure by then I was 250 and 5'9", and, and, uh, I had just gained weight up to, to, up to the 250 mark, um, that had somebody paddled me, I would have I would have taken the paddle. I would hope so. the shit out of yeah. them, right? And uh, <clears throat> I told that to my dad a few times. Go, go ahead. You put that belt back because if you hit me with that, I'm well, that's the other thing too, like belts and paddles and what, what are those little twigs called? Stitches? Switch. Switch. Yeah. I mean, at a, at some point, it's just kind of like laughable. It's ridiculous. Did you ever hear the Bill Cosby before he was a sexual predator, uh, ne'er do well? He had a before comedy. the uh, black. What is he? Yeah. The black fly. Uh, oh my gosh. Juice. 
he was uh, uh, he had comedy records, and I, I had them all when I was a kid. That's why I'm so disgusted with Bill Cosby. But um, one of them was a story he would tell about when his father would get pissed at him or his brother, and his father would say to him, that's it. Go out and get me something to beat you with. <laughs> right, right. And you'd have to do it. <laughs> and he would go out and come back with a twig and go, here you go, Dad. Beat the <laughs> hell out of me. <laughs> I thought that was funny or shit. But. Let me let me try to bait you with this. Uh-oh. In this cancel culture world is, you know, obviously Bill Cosby, is he in jail or is he out? He's on trial. Okay, so he's supposed to be where he's supposed to be yeah. in jail and all that yeah. shit. But is, is his comedy material, can you go back and listen to it and have, I don't even want to say enjoy it because the comedy itself is probably outdated, but are you still able to enjoy maybe the nostalgia of it or is it like, Forget it. He's a fucking rapist, so therefore I can't even do that. You know, I. Uh, um, it's funny that you bring that up because um, I had an uncle when I was a kid that I really thought the world of. He was funny. He always played with me. He was, he was a great uncle. And I've been an uncle with Debbie's family, you know, her, the kids in her family for a long time. And I've always tried to make sure that I was that kind of uncle, right? Not not the asshole, not the guy that wants to be your parent but isn't your parent. You know, I don't discipline them or anything like that. Um, and they're all grown up now, so any one of them could kick my ass sideways. But, um, but that was the good part of it. But then he turned out to – he broke into our house and stole money from wow. my sister's piggy bank and took money from my dad. My dad – had multiple coffee machines at Northrop in his office, and he would sell coffee to the staff there for money, and you know just to get the money to people. He had a lot of change, rolled change. He took several hundred dollars. They, they, you know, we practically one time he did all this in one. Well, he he went went off the rails and did that, and then we never saw him again. Uh, I never saw him again, but that shattered my, you know, I was, so, I wanted to kill him. I was already pretty large, and I said, if I ever see him again, I'm gonna, I'm just gonna beat the shit out of him on general purposes. And mostly because he had hurt. hurt. Is that that a thing? I've never heard it described that way. I'm going to beat the shit out of you on general purposes. For general purposes. (laughs) (laughs) uh, But he never showed up again, Uh. so he never had to face the wrath of a 10-year-old boy. But um, uh, so when you talk about Bill Cosby, right, He, I idolized his comic ability when I was a kid, right? I memorized every fucking record. I could do every, not anymore, but at the time, it must have been, irritating as hell but i could virtually do almost any skit on any of those five or six records right i knew them all by heart chicken heart going down on go-karts the thing with his father just all that shit and um uh so when when things started to come out you know in the recent past you know i just found it to be so yeah i'm just off do you do you feel i mean is it because listen to him anymore i could you feel dirty I don't feel dirty. I just, I'm, it's the same disappointment I felt with my uncle. Right? Yeah, but isn't there a, a distinction in the sense that your uncle presumably didn't leave a legacy behind? Or, I mean, I don't know. Maybe this is a bad example. Could you look at an old, say, family Christmas picture that included your uncle from times that predated when he stole and, shit? And I could. When I see, when I, and it's been a long time, but if I was to see a picture of him from when I was a kid, <clears throat> I remember. You know him as that, and and now that I'm older, I can distinguish between the two. But for a while, I couldn't. So, um, and I don't make any effort to try to look up pictures of him or anything like that because even if I can remember the good stuff, the bad, the bad feelings from that incident. He just he went south. You know, he went. He was always a little larcenous. He had a wife that really wanted more than he could provide, and he ended up. You know, we got him jobs with parents or friends of mine. He was a house painter. 
right? He stole from them. So, I mean, a whole bunch of things. When he went bad, he really went bad. He took a lot of advantage of my parents. He's my mom's brother, so my dad really got screwed, right, and on all this stuff. So, um, And she had three brothers, and they were all kind of like this, right? One was, like, on the run from the uh, IRS for his whole life, you know, fake names and all that. <laughs> the other one was a pretty good guy that got – it was in a, he worked for UPS and got thrown out of a truck up in the hills in LA somewhere and was on disability for the rest of his what life. What do you mean? Like they turned too fast and he flew out? He flew out of the open door. Was he the driver? He was the driver. No way. Yeah. If he'd stayed in the truck, he would have I mean, been killed. He was injured so bad he was in the hospital. For in this months. day and age, what are we up to? 2022? Yeah. They still drive with the door open. Right, but probably seatbelt. <laughs> Maybe. Well, there but, probably was no seatbelt in the truck back I, then. You know, that's a good question. I, I know that there was discussion about, you know, how he ended up flying out of the truck. Because if he'd stayed in the truck, the truck blew up. It went over a cliff and blew up. And he was thrown out of it and sustained. He should have been killed, you know, but he lived through it. Got You know, it was pretty screwed up forever after that. But, you know, he was an okay guy. But he, again, you know, subject to horse racing and stuff like that. So... Just funny, three funny guys, you know. If um, you didn't have to wear a seatbelt, if the car didn't chime incessantly yeah. at you, would you wear one? Um, I would now, yeah. I mean, I would now. I think in the beginning I was, you know, even the shoulder harness, right? I'd like, oh, I can't, that's too irritating. So I used to take a fumigation clip and pull the thing down and stick the clip on the belt, right, so that it couldn't retract back up so it stayed loose all the time had i been in an accident my head would have been into the yeah. steering column or whatever so <laughs> that was kind of a waste of time but i'm so used to it now that if i the thought of driving somewhere and getting in even a minor accident without a seatbelt on seems stupid right and so yeah it's funny how you get used to stuff like that so on the bill cosby thing is yeah. that do you draw a hard line in the sand of any of you know the the, the people that have whatever these transgressions and then they've left some art behind whether it's a comedy record or a movie or or a book any of that stuff do you have a hard time going back and can you separate the art can yes exactly the art from the artist i find it hard because for me the appreciation of any kind of work of art whether it's music or painting or comedy or whatever it is is somehow tied in with the persona of the person that made it and if i don't know any excuse me if i don't know anything about that person then it's not as tied in but if i know a lot about it about that, the person that does it. And who didn't come to know Bill Cosby like a member of their own yeah, family? right. TV shows, I Spy. I mean, you know, long playing records. I mean, six or seven of them, right? You, you feel like you knew his whole life. Do you think, though, I mean, obviously, you know, the allegations against him came out in modern times and post-internet era where you could look shit up. But don't you think the artists of the past are a bit of a disadvantage or maybe – an advantage, however you want to look at it, because they they lived in a time where you didn't have access to their personal lives, couldn't look shit up on Google, so, couldn't. I mean, so what are the chances? So that, is that a pass for being a sexual predator? No, 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 not so. at all. I'm just saying it was almost as if I guess what where my mind is going. It's like um, it would, you're just ignorant, right? You didn't have access to the artists. You right. didn't know anything about them. You know, maybe musicians in your day, because, you know, you got the rock magazines or you heard on the radio and you expected your rock stars to, you know, be People coked out it. with whores yeah. in hotel yeah. rooms and bash the hotel rooms. Yeah, that didn't bother me. But I mean, like your favorite uh, authors or directors of movies, there wasn't information about those people. No, but I, and I can't think of too many other examples. I'm, I'm sure there are some, but um, I think it's a matter of how, how much you know about them, right? And, and, 
So it was just a, I mean, it was a real personal thing, the Bill Cosby thing for me. And so I've been more disgusted by it, you know. And he just seemed to be particularly calculating and and evil. Well, and and, of, and not remorseful at all, not even admitting it, right? He denies the whole thing. No, I all just of think the, he's oh. one of those people that got a bunch of power, you know, and and I don't think it was about sex for him. I think it was about power. So, I mean, he's just, you know, it's just, it's just behavior I, I can't. I don't care what the reasons are, right? I don't, I don't, uh, I just don't see any, any reason why. I mean, if you're a shithead in 1950, you were probably going to be a shithead in 1980 right. or whatever. I mean, if you, and so for the things that he, and, and you know what? I don't take every allegation I hear about a celebrity to heart either, but, you know, after 50 of them, you got to kind of start paying attention, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, with him. Well, I mean, and, and I think there's other examples. I mean, there's a, uh, so not to get too far down a rabbit hole here, but, um, you know, right now, uh, the, con the the Democratic senator that left office voluntarily after Franken, Al Franken, mm -hmm. right? he got drummed out of office by his own side for the appearance of impropriety in a picture from a time before he was even in politics. Right. Right. And for something that was so fucking innocuous. And because the appearance of impropriety was there for the good of his party and the and the, the, the side of politics that he was on, he left. Yeah, he shouldn't have left. Right? But well and I agree with that too, but and we shouldn't have let him as the members of that party. But there was you know, trying to live walk the walk that, that you know, talking the talk and then walk the walk and that was the right thing to do. I forget, did he pull his dick out or no? No, no, no. There, like a, I'm thinking of somebody else. <laughs> because I have a picture in my mind of that exact incident. There's a female it wasn't radio, me. There's a female radio talk show co host that was on at the time in LA, uh and on KFI. And she's pretty much right wing and the the guy that she co hosted for was pretty much right wing. And she is the one that, so she was on a USO tour doing whatever she did. I don't know, announcing or something. Franken was on that tour. They're on a military plane. And so they're just kind of, you know, flying in the back of the plane with the cargo or whatever. And so she is kind of kicked back on some duffel bags or something asleep. And he comes up and takes a picture. He's looking at the camera and he's got his hands out in front of her breasts. And he's looking at the camera. And wasn't he on SNL at the time? Yeah. Yeah. He's a comedian. It's right. funny. Right. Right. Or it used to be funny. Right. And so for that, they let him get drummed out of, you know, he was, a, you know, for my money, he was a, an important U.S. senator on the Democratic side. And so now you take a shithead like like Cruz. Right. And he's calling for Cruz's resignation because Cruz is, you know, part of January 6th and just everything else at that fucking. Table. Who's calling for Cruz's resignation? Uh, Al Franken. Right. He's going, hey, well, who's looking for him? What, who, what's he doing? Who? Ted Cruz? No, Franken. No, Franken is calling. He's going to listen. I was drunk. Where is he of, calling for this, though? On, in the media. Oh. Right. He's, <laughs> I mean, if he wants to be on a talk show, he's on it. I right? guess. Yeah. He, can, he should come back. I mean, By the way, yeah. have you seen some of these uh, text message threads that are coming out from, like, all the people involved on the January 6th thing, Ted Cruz included? I'm a big fan of the hearings. <laughs> yeah, I figured you would be. So I uh, can't watch them all because I don't have that kind of time or patience. He's, he, some of the messages he sent were like, Ted Cruz? Yeah, yeah, just so nonchalant, you know, hey, dude, what's happening? You know, call me back. It's just like, <laughs> <They're burning laughs> never, down the never mind the city's yeah. on fire. 
Yeah, they're gonna they're gonna hang Mike Pence. Call me back when you get a chance. And that dude was like I, something else I read. He was like the attackers were forty feet from him. Mike Pence. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Did we previously know that? He's on the other side of a door. Right? Yeah. And they're outside his office. They didn't know he was in there. Right. You know, a lot of stories about this. I, I think I I just want to I'm going to kind of maybe not talk much about it at this point. I mean, I don't think we're learning anything new, but we are seeing videos we haven't seen. We are hearing testimony we haven't heard. There's a lot more to come. They've done three out of six or eight or something. Well, I have to ask you, what what are your feelings about uh, Ivanka and the Trump, what are they, Junior, and what's the other one's name? Yeah, well, About their role. Ivanka already said that she, that once Bill Barr said that there was no election fraud, that she no longer felt that there was. So, and well, that, how, Remind me, when did he make that comment? In relation to January 6th, was it weeks before, days before? I forget. It was before January 6th. I know, but how much before? Uh, weeks, I think. So, I mean, here's the point of, of a bunch of that testimony. Did What did the president know and when did he know it, right? So, you know, it, some people try to make this out like, well, he really thought there was election fraud. And so he was legitimately trying to save the election from being stolen. But, but everybody with a shred of credibility told him there was no election fraud. Including his beloved, trusted daughter. Right. She told him that, right? right? right. She, she said she believed that it was true from Barr, but she also told him that too, right? She told her dad. Right. She believed Barr when he said there was no election fraud. She yeah. also had communicated that to him several times. And everybody that's been asked about it has also, has also said that that was... So the point is, it is, it is not feasible that he... That he he had been told from every credible source there was no election fraud, and he continued to put that that theory out there, not to try to stop fraud, but to try to further his own interest, sustain, and power. They're trying to show that, right? There's some legal ramifications to that. Once her face, Cheney <clears throat> has made the case for prosecution. Now, is he going to get prosecuted? Would it, would it fly? It would be a hard one. But I think the more important thing is the two-story gets out there and whether he is prosecutors. I mean, for me... No matter how egregious this is, the question of do we want to go after an ex-president during the next president? I know you've said that before. It's not a good look. Yeah, but is it necessary? Well, like, why would we not do it if it's necessary? Because the optics are bad. What does that say? Well, because it it's what third world countries with dictators do, and so we don't want to do that. Well, I know what we're waiting for. The other question is then. What does it mean if we don't do it? Is there no rule of law? Do we sacrifice the? the, the it's better if you do it when it's a sitting president. So when he gets reelected in twenty four, then they'll go get him and they'll say we got a sitting president. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's not completely out of the realm I know. Of possibility. Um, yeah, I just think that uh, I think that I mean I continue to feel. <clears throat> I can't remember how much we discussed this prior to the hiatus, but excuse me. <clears throat> Um, I continue to feel that the, the democracy on the precipice of of catastrophe, really. I think we're on the verge here. We, we are now or we were? We we were and we are. We still are. I mean, it's – I mean, we – you know, I mean, here's the thing. The Democrats appear to be feckless in their ability to <clears throat> win this election. They're going to they're gonna eat shit in the, in the midterms. And – I don't I don't think that it's that anybody can say that it's somebody else's fault. I mean, they're not they don't have a message. I don't put this at Biden's feet one way or the other. That's what I've been saying all along. There's an entire party that's not doing anything right. And 
Um, so they're just blowing it. I mean, like it's I so said, great to see, <laughs> like sure, I've always said, Democrats sure. solutions to problems are terrible. Well, like I always say, <laughs> Democrat, there's nobody better at snatching yes. uh, victory out of the jaws of defeat or snatching defeat out of the jaws of victory than the Democrats. So, um, this should have been a, this last election should have been, uh, a, a, a referendum, right? It should have been, and you know, his approval rating should be higher, but, People are just screwed up. And then look, no matter how you look at it, half the country, you look at his thing, it's 40% or something, right? Well, 10%, 15% or 20% don't give a shit. And the and the rest, whatever that leaves, are all Republicans and they're vulcanized. They're polarized, right? So I, I'm not surprised, but it's it's going to be unfortunate because I think we're going to see a lot of, we're going to lose the House. We could lose the, the, the Senate. I mean, we're, we're not going to take back the Senate. We could lose the House. We could lose the Senate. I mean, the whole balance of power could shift, and then, and then we're in deep shit because the people that were in place to stop the fraud that 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 this group, the lawyer for Trump, Trump, uh, I'm forgetting all the names now. Mark Meadows, the, yeah, it's been a while. All the guys, Navarro, <clears throat> they, they, you know, the the, the lawyer, the dipshit with the trench coat and the cowboy hat that spoke at the rally <laughs> right he you know he was the he was the professor he was the chancellor at uh santa Ana college or, or you know uh, chapman college i know you always say that you, you and and then on the uh the state secretaries of states who refuse like you yeah. you always say that you th- it's like a matter of three or four people that if they had been you know convinced to go the other way those swing states would have yeah flipped. but i don't know about that i mean I honestly think that even if the capital riots were were worse uh, or or whatever, right? I, I, they just would have withheld the vote or the certification or whatever you call it until another day when things calmed down. They would have done it digitally. They would have moved it to another place. That was no, still going to happen, no doubt. But that doesn't make that any less of an attempted coup or an insurrection or whatever you know, whatever inflammatory language you want to use. Um, the fact is that the conspiracy to commit um, to commit the crimes that we're talking about, to 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 subvert the election, that that with, let's say nothing had happened on January sixth. If there had been an investigation into the plot that 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 Trump and his cohorts were cooking up, um, to I mean they give it a football they 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 named it after a football play, the Grand Sweep or there's some shit like that. They were you know to to change the electors and put in false electors and send the vote back to the states. That came close to happening. And if those people weren't there, it would have happened. And they're not going to be there. What do you think would have happened, hypothetically, if all that went down, no riot, but they got you know false electors or whatever, and they switched the results back to Trump? And wh- what do you think oh, the Democrats would have done? Well, I think, I think and, and as many of Trump's advisors and Pence's advisors told Trump directly, it would have caused a constitutional crisis and probably would have resulted in violence in the streets. Why do you think he would care about a constitutional crisis when he doesn't seem to care about anything else? Well, it's not him that I'm worried about caring. It's a constitutional crisis. And and we are never at more, we are never more vulnerable as a, as a country, as a nation, than we would be in the midst of, a, of an, ir, an irreconcilable constitutional crisis. That would, that would vex the government into a position of complete, inability to do anything could result i mean that the the possible martial law i mean who the hell knows right violence in the streets i mean that's how that's how democracies fall 
Right. How much longer do you give us as a country? I, it just depends on how things go. I mean, it's not a done deal, but you know, if we're completely blind to the the obvious danger signs that are that are out there, if we don't move to fix some of the the problems with the institutions, right? We need to realize that some of the things that were being accomplished in politics through forbearance are gone now because Trump blew up the norms. And now it's not a matter of, hey, nobody, we would never do this or that because that's not what's done. It's like, we'll do whatever the hell we want to do. We don't care what's been done in the past. And we don't care what the consequences are. If it gives us some short-term you know, goal that is typically, yeah, that's clear. Is typically associated with retaining power. I mean, without the peaceful transition of power as a result of free and fair election, this country has nothing. What is the longest success story of a civilization that you can think of in recorded history? I don't know. It wasn't a democracy, though. What's the longest successful democracy? America. So there's no other, no other benchmark. Can you think of another one? No, I, I, I and well, and wh- where my mind was going is that none of them last forever. There's, there's no nothing that you could point to in history where there hasn't been some type of change or you know violent takeover or civil war or whatever right, but it's not predetermined that it ends in a collapse and and back to you know back to dictatorship civil split huh civil split civil split america and republican uh, democratic, democratic. <laughs> All right. where, do we, where do we fit common sensica in there? Yeah, that's that'll be somewhere in the middle. Well, where I was starting to ask you, though, do you feel at all a little bit better that – do the Trump children seem to you like they were not involved in the plan? Do you feel better that they were the ones sending these messages saying, what the fuck is going on? He's got to get out in front of this. He has to address the media. Like they were trying to – they they saw it for what it was. Is that is that better at all? Is do, it worse? Do I give a shh. I can't tell you how so so few fucks I give <laughs> what what any of his children think about anything. But what I what I'm really getting I'm at is I'm not sure any of them had ever had a thought to begin <laughs> well, with. Well, they tried to think, but nothing happened. You know, I, I heard through media that um, you know her the the tapes they played her testimony to the Jan Six uh, committee. Uh, he's pissed. Like she's out of the will. So, right, yeah. right. Is that the, she did it by video? Is that what you're talking about? Yeah, yeah. It's bad. But, but does it at least show that? Trump himself. I mean, those, those his kids are his closest inner circle, right? I mean, fuck, he moved his his kids off of the, the talk show or whatever the hell he had down to D.C. to help manage the government. In the White House. I think that, I mean, I think if there was one person on the face of this planet that I would not wish to be my father, it would be Donald Trump. I mean, I can't imagine a worse parent ever, right? And and I don't know. I'm anxious to see what kind of little megalomaniac Barron turns out to be. He right? could be normal. He could be the Czar of Slovenia, right? <laughs> maybe wherever wherever uh, what's her name is from. So, oh, it's just, I mean, I think it's more important what the people that were that actually have political power, you know, to every single one of them condemned the the whole plot, and uh, after not after January six, and then all of them went back. McCarthy, McConnell, yeah, even McConnell was saying. You know, he if if Trump is the Republican nominee, he would support that. I mean, and you know, Mark Meadows was which he's not been drawn into the investigation, or he has McConnell. I no, Meadows. Oh, Meadows. No, he's he's on referral to the Justice Department because for, he won't testify. Yeah, for you know sub, the subpoena thing. So, 
We'll see. I mean, uh, they have a zillion emails between Mark Meadows and uh, you know who's going to testify maybe at the next hearing is uh, um, the Clarence Thomas's wife, whatever her name is, CC Dee Comfy, Jeannie, Jeannie, yeah, Jeannie, Jeannie. Um, What's she going to say? Well, she's she's active. She was active during the day of January sixth. She sent a hundred emails to Mark Meadows saying, "We've got to stop this deal. We've got to get this back to the electors." You know, so she's so. And then there's a huge conflict of interest because, he, you know, Clarence Thomas was the only was the only yes vote on on a, a, a bill to that had to do with with uh, shit. What was it? But it was obvious that he was, you know, influenced by her position on January sixth. He was the only yes or no vote on something that affected. Is, is, is there any smoke there? Does, well, has he sent they're, anything? They're, they are. I mean, everybody that matters has called for his resignation. He should minimally, assuming there was no impropriety associated with that vote, he should he should, you know, pull himself off any future cases that have to do with the Jan six commission or testimony or anything like that. Um, but he's not doing that, right? He's again, he's not adhering. He's not showing the forbearance. That, Maybe he, in his mind, he has nothing to hide. Well, I mean, in his mind, the just like in his wife's mind, and just like for all these fuckers uh, that are involved in this plot to to overthrow the the results of the election, they feel that their goal outweighs the what the things that they are doing that are wrong. I mean, and when you get that mindset that the the ends justify the means, that's just how corruption and tyranny begin right and and you know we just gotta wake up a little bit here's what i think is going to happen we're going to lose our asses in the midterms we'll see what that means good possibility that both houses of congress shift back over then we have two more years of a biden presidency with you know no ability to do anything in the congress um that could lead to desperate frustration from the country um, this is assuming it's not Trump that goes in. So whoever becomes president on the Republican side, DeSantis or whoever the most likely outcome of that is, um, hopefully, you know, to, to, when people look back over the two years that that follow the midterms and see that Congress prevented the president that they elected, that they chose from accomplishing anything that needed to be done, they'll, they won't like that and they'll flip the switch and they'll go back for a Republic, for a Democratic president and probably flip the legislatures back. I know it's this it's endless cycle of nonsense. It is, and and part of the problem is that um, in the past this all would have been effective and it worked a little differently. But the fact that Trump was impeached twice in his four single term and virtually had, there was no consequence, regardless of whether you agreed with it or not, that just means that. Unfortunately, the door is open for future Republican presidents to do the same shit, right? And and if it hey, if you get impeached twice in a four year term and there's no consequence, then what do you care? You just do what you're going to do, whatever you think is going to help secure you retaining power. Maybe maybe next time there won't be a peaceful transfer of power, right? So we'll just have to see. What was the what was the second impeachment again? I forget. Um, that was uh, the first one was. Um, was the, the Russia was thing. the uh, quid pro quo thing? Yeah, wasn't with, that the first one? God, I can't. Was, I mean, the second one was after. No, was I don't remember. <laughs> I don't either. I know we covered it. Yeah, fuck. 
I've got. Isn't that back. interesting though? Uh, you know, how long has he been gone? Two years, year yeah. and a half. Well, there was so much; it's hard to keep him straight. I know right? so much bullshit. I'm fascinated. But I'm going to ask you this. I've asked yeah. you this before, but I'm just fascinated by people's views on this. On the January sixth Capitol riot, do you think those people actually thought that they were that they had a chance of overturning the government? I think that. Okay. You think they even knew what was going on in there? So here's a couple of things that, uh, if we're going to talk about this for a minute, <clears throat> there was this stop the steel rally, right at the eclipse, which is two miles from the the, the capital. <clears throat> you see the capital from the eclipse, but it's way down there, right? So you got to look back at the timeline, which the committee is, you know, going over in detail. So the uh, the the two groups, the two paramilitary groups that Trump had aligned with, the Proud Boys and what's the other one? Uh, Captain America? I don't no, know. No, no. The paramilitary, you know, the Proud Boys and the Oath Takers. Yeah. Right? So they both were there. Stand back and stand down. Yeah, and That was the Proud Very Boys. good people on both sides. So they're, they were all there in the crowd, right? Before Trump even started talking, they, those two groups left and headed for the Capitol. With, a, with their people and a bunch of other people following them. So what that means is they already knew that the plan was to go to the Capitol. So then tr all Trump had to do was come out and whip up the other four or 5,000 people there into a frenzy, knowing that... Now, if that had happened, if, if the two paramilitary groups didn't take off ahead of time in stacks, right, military formation, they wouldn't have got there in time. Somebody, the Capitol Police or somebody, could have called in other forces that, and and if Trump wasn't in on this, that would have been authorized by Pence or Trump or somebody to come in and defend the Capitol. Because you don't walk two miles in a group in two minutes, right? So they left an hour and a half before the speech was even done. Yeah, I, they they knew what the purpose was. They were the forward groups to go and start the invasion. So they, I read a report a couple of days ago. <clears throat> At the time, there was some liberal, maybe college professor or something, that he tweeted information, and he also, I think, sent a note to the FBI saying that he believes that on January 6th, there will be an, a, an attempted attack at the Capitol. Right. You can't keep something like that. I mean, they planned this out. The, 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 the going to the Capitol and breaching the Capitol was the plan. It was always the plan. From the paramilitary groups. Yeah, and from Trump's posse, Navarro, the lawyer, John. God, his name is not coming to me. I've only heard it a million times. Um, he's the mastermind of the plan. He's the one that came up with him and Navarro. And and other people, uh, the Flynn, right, Stone, all these guys were in on it. They met at hotels. They had planning sessions before. So – they had been in contact. You know, they were talking to the Proud Boys and the, and the Homeboys and the whatever it was. <laughs> and, and so that was the plan. You guys take off with your quasi-military formation, your riot gear and all the other shit, and you head to the Capitol. All Trump had to do was come out, and if you watch that lawyer and you watch the Guilfoy and you watched, who, by the way, got $60,000, right, for two, three minutes. Well, oh, for her yeah, speech, Trump raised two hundred and fifty million dollars. Who I, I got? Did I ask you this before? Yeah. Who divorced who? Newsom or Gilfoyle? 
I don't know that they were married. I thought they were. Gilfoy, I think. Whatever her name yeah. is. Weren't, weren't they a thing? Uh, they were a thing, but I don't know that they were married. Okay. Uh, who broke up with who? This is uh, important. I'm sure he did. <laughs> oh, we better find out, because if she left him, that tells you all you need to know about the no California idea. governor. I can't stand her. But um, So Trump raised $250 million off his supporters as a January 6th defense fund. Never, no such thing. There was never any... There was never any money put aside for a defense fund or anything else. The money went to Trump Industries, went to $60,000, went to Guilfoy for speaking fees for that rally. So that's another whole story, right? Is that illegal? Is that fraud? Probably a little borderline. But anyway, the point was all Trump had to do was come out after all the other speakers and whip the crowd into the final frenzy. Say, hey, all right, if Trump... You know, if Pence doesn't do what he needs to do, I'm going to be very upset with him. And then that the, it was even more. Go yeah. go down there. I'll go with you. Know, you. We're I, going to the Capitol. Yeah. I'm going to go with you. But by the time he said that, the paramilitary guys were already down had left there. an hour before. Yeah, they're already there. They're coming through the freedom. Did we know that at the time? No, that's coming out in the hearings. Nobody knew that. Well, what does that say then? Does that say that was it an independent this, movement that was going to happen yeah, here's regardless? The, here's what this wasn't: a spontaneous crowd reaction in protest to the well that's what i was getting at so does that it's a planned insurrection but does that shield trump at all because the other group left an hour before does that show that shows that he was giving them direction that they there was a plan that he was adhering to that he played a role in that plan that they knew about it so it's like uh mind control when i take the stage and say this that's your cue hello they got phones right (laughs) And, and you can see recordings of the guys in the paramilitary groups on their way to the Capitol hearing that Pence was not going to, uh, you know, abstain or whatever yeah, the hell, yeah. right? And they're like, that's when they go, well, that's it. We're coming for – you hear this in the hearing, right? The guy in the paramilitary group talking to the camera as they're marching. We're coming for you, motherfucker. We're going to hang your ass, Right, I mean, he said it literally. I showed that twenty times. Was that just a video game, or is that you're playing, or was no, that the, this is oh. this is the recording? Okay, right. So, because uh, there was a a couple of actual documentarians embedded with the Proud Boys, so they were filming this whole thing. That's how we know the Proud Boys left early. Nobody really understood that. There's four thousand people there. Nobody was keeping track. But this guy went with his film crew with the Proud Boys to. The were Capitol. there more people there storming the Capitol than were present at Trump's inauguration? Probably is that what he was trying to do? He's oh. like, I gotta fucking go out on top <laughs> with, with a crowd. Oh my god! <laughs> well, I I think he was trying to do exactly what he was doing. I think that that once it got to January sixth and the uh, the the Congress was going to certify the election results, that was his last chance to hold on to power to retain the position. The plan was to stall the certification for ten days, send it back to the states, give him chance, give him a chance to continue pushing the big lie and saying repeatedly over and over again that the election, there was massive fraud, that it was being covered up, and that in that 10 days, any number of things could have happened. More people could have got on his side. People are, you know, it's like religion, right? It's like Jesus Christ was up there talking, and people are like, you know, following it just because— they don't need proof or anything. So I mean, that that was the precipice, man. And we gotta we gotta find another way, dude. Another way, of what of doing this shit? This elections, we gotta modernize it. Just have the election. It's so fucking complicated. Sorry, have the election and certify the election. I mean, do, why do you need to certify? Janu- let's not go through January. That's what I mean. Let's not go through January. 6th yeah. Don't give the next group of these assholes a chance to. Okay, well, hey, it didn't work last time, but we'll do it better. It's this like time. it's like the goddamn tax code. It's so complicated that there's no one single person that understands it. 
it's been Band-Aid against Band-Aid. That's and... right. It's like the tax code. <laughs> <laughs> Throw the tea into the ocean. Exactly. Uh, All right. We had enough fun today, my friend. I think I'm about physically at my <laughs> ideal. So it's, it's good to great. see you. Yeah, good to see you. Uh, I'm sure you have to pee. Uh, we'll see. I have to do a number of things. <laughs> All right. Until next time, everybody. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.